Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer that we are the Warhammer butter to your bread. Mm. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me as always, the kitbashing and converting champion of the world, <laughs> Cameron. Hello, it's me. Uh, you may notice my voice is somewhat croaky. I bring to you the gift of long amounts of talking-induced Nurgle's rot. Uh, I will be doing my best <laughs> to keep myself legible at all times. Legible? Um, that, that's right when it's audio, right? It's not just writing. Yeah. yeah. On this show it is. Totally. Yes. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, we're back. We've had a... Well, a sort of little break in early from a recording point of view, because we had the Robbie McNiven episode that came out a week or two ago that we promised you from, I think we recorded about a month ago, I yeah, think, wasn't it? Yeah. Something like that. And if you've not checked that out, go check it out. We were mm. speaking to an actual black library author, us mm. of all people. <laughs> Real <laughs> So yeah, go check it out. I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, episode 25, what we're going to be talking about. As always, we'll get stuck into our hobby stuff, what we've been buying, reading, and in someone's case, playing. Ah. And then <laughs> and uh, then we'll go into the news. We've got, obviously, quite a lot of news to catch up on, so we'll mm. try and get all, all through that as much as we can. And then for the main law topic, we're going to the Age of Sigmar, and we're going to discuss the novel. Novel, Shay Spire, The Mirrored City by Josh Reynolds. Can't wait to talk about that one. Oh, yes. It's a very interesting <laughs> novel, especially with all the ones that we've covered. And then lastly, we will have a short little discussion topic where we're basically asking the question, if you had to create the next Chaos God in 40k, what would they be and, and why? And then we've also got some really cool listener responses as well to oh, chuck yeah. in as well yeah absolutely so look forward to that so uh before we get into the main bulk of that warhammer loveliness uh mm. if you like the loveliness uh we are on <laughs> itunes and if you'd like to leave us a five-star review it's always greatly appreciated if you would like to support the show you can support the show on uh, coffee.com the link is in the description and if you want to check us out on social media our main realm of uh, social media <laughs> is the realm of twitter uh we can find us on at realm and ruin you can also f- find us on facebook.com slash realm and ruin you've got our glorious magnificent ever ascending discord server uh, mm. again link will be in the description for that if you would love to come aboard it's free um <laughs> also actually one thing i will say talking about our discord server mm. we've added a new channel where going forward you can ask cameron and i a question that we can yeah. talk about here on the show anything mm. anything warhammer well it can be warhammer related or not it doesn't <laughs> technically have to be if you really yes. want to ask us something else uh so yeah so if you want to do that You've got to join our Discord server. There's a channel on there, you know, dis, you know, devoted to that. And and like I said, as and when, we're not going to do it this show because we've got a lot to cover. But yeah. probably, hopefully, next yeah. show we'll just pick a question, you know, at random. We'll ask it and have a little chat about it, mm. and we'll just sort of slip that in probably around the hobby section. Yeah, something like that. So that's all very exciting. Uh, and like I said earlier, if you haven't checked out the Robbie McNiven episode that was released, like I said, about a week or two ago, mm. uh, go check it out. It's very good. And so good. <laughs> it's, it's, and one thing I would say for a future episode is sort of between now and since we last recorded, we've managed to get our hands on the Warhammer Fantasy RPG 
rulebook, mm. haven't we? Yeah, we're official um, influencers, uh, I guess, yes. which is weird feeling. Yeah, we are. You know, people are noticing things. We're making... What's it, what's it? What's it? Making noise? Making waves? Isn't, making is that, noise? I'm making yeah. noise is more appropriate for this week's episode. I think we're making some noise. Yeah. Whoop whoop. So you can look forward to that. Hopefully, because hopefully at some point, like we did with our anniversary episode where we did a play of Wrath and Glory, at some point mm. we're going to play Warhammer Fantasy RPG. Yeah. So look yeah. forward to that. At some point, we'll schedule that in. Um, right. Okay. That's the the usual sort of admin stuff. Let's mm. get into it, Cameron. Yeah. Tell me what you've been playing recently. Yeah, so um, keen keen listeners will remember that last year I managed to play a grand total of six games over, over various points throughout the year, most of it during a small narrative tournament for Age of Sigma, just before Age of Sigma 2nd Edition launched. Um, and so I've, I've already fulfilled my quota for this year, one game every two months. I just played six today. <laughs> Um, uh, so my, my local games workshop did a small 40k tournament called challenge accepted, uh, which was really interesting in its composition. It was 1000 points, but the only thing you're allowed to bring is a single Supreme command attachment with no Lords of war. And it had to have one elite choice filled in. Um, so basically the idea here was, it was like the elite character driven games, um, for those of you who can't remember, because I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the show before, uh, I brought Death Guard, obviously. Um, <laughs> I brought a Lord of the Contagion with the big three damage axe. He was my Wall of the Arch Contaminator. I brought a Demon Prince on foot with a talon and sword. I brought a Demon Prince with wings and two talons. He had the separating plate for a two plus armor save and bouncing melee damage back. I brought a Chaos Lord with a Bale Sword and a Combi Melter. I brought a Sorcerer on a Palanquin of Nurgle with a Plasma Pistol and a Force Stave. And I brought six Death Shroud Terminators. Um, <laughs> which, small spoiler alert, they are incredible in this kind of scenario. Um, so mm. the idea was uh, to fit all of us in because there ended up being 18 people attending so that we had nine games going each round. Uh, oh, wow. And to suit the much smaller size, because I don't think anyone had more than 15 models in their entire force. Um, we basically were playing on two by four, so we always deployed on the short side. So we deployed on a two foot long side of the board, and then we would mm-hmm. play along the along the length of it. So it was, it was still a bit of a foot slog sometimes. Uh, but these close quarters are very interesting, and. Uh, my beloved Games Workshop Manager, Michael, is wonderful. And so he made six scenarios, all named after and based around the first Predator movie. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any any reason? <laughs> he really likes he really likes Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator quotes, I guess. Um, Fair enough. Good tea. point. Mm. So Keep the first, voice going. Yeah, the first scenario was Scrivener. Looks like you've been pushing too many pencils. And I actually need to pull up our Twitter to remember exactly who I played when. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tournament time thread. Let's look at this. It's on our Twitter. I'm sure you've been following along. In um, real time. Amazing. Yeah, in real time. So my first match, it's, it's called Scrivener. Looks like you've been pushing too many pencils. Uh, so this <laughs> one has 
three objectives placed along the long edge of the board in the middle every 12 inches. So basically there's one 12 inches up, then 24 inches up, then 36 inches up along the forefoot side of the board, but in the middle. Words, difficult. Um, the victory conditions here were basically discovering your original mission was a lie, like in the first Predator film when Arnie finds out his strike team wasn't going after a Colombian drug lord. Um... <laughs> Your warlord and your entourage seek out their true foe and information to make out alive, so each objective marker at the end of the game was worth one victory point. If you kill the enemy warlord, you get three victory points, and first blood, the first unit of any kind to be destroyed during the battle, is worth one victory point to the opposing player at the end of the game. This is different to first strike, which is the new chapter approved version where it's only in the first turn, and either person can get it. This is... The first unit destroyed by one side. That side gets one point at the end of the game. Uh, and then this was basically throughout all of the things. Wiping out the opponent does not win you the game. You have to win on points, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I played against a Custodes list, which was basically three shield captains on a jet bike, Trajan Valoris, and four Terminators with axes. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I won, which was nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well uh, I won... We thought it was eight to four, but it ended up being five to four. Uh, once we reviewed some stratagem fine prints, uh, <clears throat> effectively I killed his warlord on the second turn, got myself those sweet three victory points. Then he used the custody stratagem to make a new character the warlord, and then I immediately killed that yeah. warlord with a smite. <laughs> and so <laughs> for a while we thought I'd gotten two objective, uh, one objective first blood, and two warlord kills for eight points. Reading the fine print of that custody stratagem, the new warlord doesn't count as a warlord for the purpose of the mission. So I won that five four instead of eight four, but I still won. Um, <laughs> Death Shroud are really good. Uh, I managed to get a first because I took second turn, so he had moved up and shot a whole bunch of stuff at my Death Shroud and basically done nothing, uh, which was great. Uh, and then I managed to get a first turn charge because of that and got his warlord down to one wound in melee combat with a bunch of Death Shroud. Uh, then killed him the next turn with some smites, killed the next wall with smites, that kind of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the second game was I Ain't Got Time to Bleed. I was facing off against uh, another Death Guard player. Um, oh, nice. Mirror yeah, match. Yeah. Um, it's basically in this one you deploy 12 inches up. The victory conditions are each enemy unit destroyed is worth one victory point, and each of your units left alive is also worth one victory point to you. Enemy Warlord is worth three. First Blood is worth one. Can't wipe people out to win. Uh, mm-hmm. I lost this one nine to one. <laughs> because, oh, ouch. Um, because I, I, my list is basically all melee. I have some shooting with the Death Shroud, but that's six inch range. I have some shooting with the Chaos Lord and Sorcerer. That's pretty short range too. Uh, and this Death Guard player had basically the same list as me, uh, but switched out the Chaos Lord for another Sorcerer and switched out the Death Shroud for Blight Lord Terminators. Uh, and mm-hmm. so he castled up in the back of his deployment zone. So I deployed as far forward as I could, and he just shot me as I slowly oh. walked towards <laughs> him. Um, again, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I took the sorcerer on a palanquin, uh, mostly because you can get the dark hereticus powers. So I was able to get the death shroud into combat turn two by warp timing them forwards both turns. Uh, but it's still, they took a bit of a beating on the way in, and at the end of the day, I had just my sorcerer left, which was my one victory point. I had one guy left alive. Um, while I had just barely managed to not remove any of his units. Like, he had one Blightlord Terminator left, his Demon Prince had one wound, his sorcerer had two wounds. Like, there were, everything he had was basically beaten all to hell, but had managed <laughs> to weather the storm. Uh, so he, he took that one. 
Then, game three was something's out there waiting for us, and it ain't no man. Uh, <laughs> this game was really fun. So, basically, they you place two objective marks at the start of the game, one six inches in from each short board edge, uh, and then, let's see, completely destroying the enemy elite unit is worth three victory points. Each objective at the end of the game is worth three victory points, but for this game, elite units have objective secured, basically, so they will always control an objective. Uh, enemy Warlord is worth three, First Blood's worth one, and Line Break, if you end the game with a model in your opponent's deployment zone, you get a point. Uh, this was against a Dark Angels Deathwing-based list that had every special character except Samael. Um... <laughs> So it was Belial, Asmodai, Ezekiel, uh, and Azrael. I mm-hmm. I actually got a turn one warlord kill. <laughs> um, oh wow, who was warlord? Uh, Azrael was the warlord. Azrael. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. what happened was I had a demon prince with wings and double talons. He deployed twelve inches up the board. He moved twelve inches. He got warp timed another twelve inches, and then he charged nine inches. <laughs> got into combat with Azrael on the first turn, lost one wound to Overwatch, um, and then had had seven attacks because he's got dual talents, but then got three more with Death of the False Emperor and basically just wiped him <laughs> off the table in one round of attacks. And so I started the game with four points in the first turn, but I ended up losing 13 to four because he wiped basically everything out, controlled both the objectives at the end, etc. So. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> got it. The, the main thing is there was a tipping point where if I'd managed to get Death Hex onto his Deathwing Terminators with all their Storm Shield so they would have lost their invulnerable save, I would have won the game because I had had my Death Shroud charge in. They would have sliced into pieces, mm-hmm. but I just barely failed Death Hex and I didn't have a command point to re-roll it. So... <laughs> They lost no Terminators. I lost all my Terminators. It was it was a bit rough. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, halfway through the game, it switched, and I just drew back into my own objective. Like, I've got to get some points. Uh, <laughs> didn't work. Belial is very sc- <laughs> He wounds everything except vehicles and bikers on a 2+, which I didn't realize, which is terrifying. Is He's the um, the one with the, the, the hood the, in yeah, Terminator armor. Yeah, isn't it? Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Chapter. He's not the chapter master. He's, he's the master he's, of the Deathwing. But yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the big sword. He, in his, yeah, he yeah. also had um, a land speeder with twin assault cannons and twin heavy bolters. The special Dark Angels one. Uh, that was cool, but it didn't do much. Uh, I kind of blew it up <laughs> on the second turn, so I was fine. Um, then the fourth game came along, and it was if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, so this I fought against a Necron list. Um, so, what was the rules for this one? Uh, basically, there's an objective in the middle of the board. Um, it's worth six points at the end of the game. To hold it, you have to have more models in range, and the range shrinks each turn, so it starts at 13 inches, then down to 10, then 7, then 4, then 1 by the end of the game. Uh, spoilers didn't quite get that far. Um, <laughs> but while you're within range of the objective, you have to re-roll successful invulnerable saves, which was the kicker for me. Um, cause I have a lot of four plus invulns with all those terminators. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, enemy warlords worth three, first blood's <laughs> worth one, etc. Um, I lost this one ten to one. Uh, I managed to get first blood, but that was it. Uh, mostly because this was the Necron dynasty that can teleport a lot. And so I deployed two far forwards and ended up getting turn one charged as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he had to use a command point because he rolled a three for the charge and command pointed it up to the 
uh, up to the eight or whatever that he ended up needing. Uh, mm-hmm. And so he just barely made it in. And if he hadn't made it in, on my turn, I would have walked up, flame at him with all the Death Shroud, and it would have changed the entire like weight of the game. As it is, I wore down a bunch of Lich Guard, etc., etc. Uh, just didn't quite pull it in the end. Um, battle five was get to the chopper. Um, yes, waiting for that one. Yeah, and this one was a ton of fun. Basically, narratively, we had to pick an attacker and a defender. Uh, I was against a different Necron player this time, um, and he chose to be the defender. So the defender deploys 18 inches up, the attacker deploys 6 inches up. Uh, so this was the first game I put all my Terminators in uh, the Teleportarium instead of deploying them, because otherwise they would have just had to walk forever. Uh, and their movement poor, they're not very fast. <laughs> Um, and the rules here is basically the attacker gets victory points by moving units off the table edge in turn three or later. The defender gets victory points for destroying, uh, attacker units. Warlord is worth three. First blood is worth one. Um, and uh, what did I do? Cause I ended up winning that six to one, I think, which was nice. pretty, pretty handy. Um, this was this was the game where Death Shroud really started showing how good they are at literally everything. Um, it turns out seven d six automatic hits at six inch range. Um, sure, they're only strength three. Sure, they're only AP zero. But my average over the course of the games where they shot was twenty five hits per turn. <laughs> um, I rolled really well, um, and so basically they teleported in uh, and they didn't get to shoot that first turn. But then the Lich Guard moved up but didn't charge. Uh, and then on my turn, I marched forward, so all six of them were in within range at 76 shots. I put 24 shots into the Lich Guard unit and just melted eight out of ten of them, basically, then charged in, finished them off. <laughs> Essentially, the Necron player was building a big roadblock. Uh, in the end, the only one of my units that got off the board was uh, my Demon Prince with Wings, who slingshot himself forwards, back around <laughs> behind enemy lines, etc., and finally, in turn three, retreated off the board. Uh, but I managed to get a Warlord kill with the Death Shroud, stuff like that. It, it was just, again, a lot of fun. Really interesting dynamic. Uh, it's weird being an attacker that deploys really far back as Death Guard, because I, I had to footslog all my characters up while getting shot at <laughs> until the Death Shroud came in turn two. It was really weird. Um, and then the final game was Do It! Do It Now! Uh, <laughs> um, basically, everyone deploys 12 inches up. Uh, this is, come on, is the victory condition. If you are to die this night, then you shall die laughing upon the bloody ruin of your enemy's corpses. If your warlord kills the enemy warlord, you get ten victory points. If their <laughs> warlord dies any other way, you only get one. If both live, then calculate the number of units lost either side to determine who actually wins. Um, and this was great. There's a great guy at the store named Graham, and I ended up pulling him for this versus his ultramarines, which was Primaris Kalgar, two Vitrix that two Victrix Guard uh, along with him, because they don't take up a detachment slot if you take uh, Kalgar, uh, a Phobos Captain, so the new one from Shadow Spear, a Primaris Librarian, a Primaris Captain in Gravis Armor, a Primaris Captain in Normal Armor, um, and a Redemptor Dreadnought with the Plasma Cannon. Uh, that bit's important, the Redemptor Dreadnought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this was re- so the idea of this is basically everyone marches to the middle the warlords face off and whoever wins wins because you'll get 10 points for your warlord taking out the enemy warlord which is what you want um 
And so it basically ended up with the death shroud are incredible. Uh, again, basically, I decided I need to kill Marnius, but to kill Marnius first, I need to kill his bodyguards. So I managed to death hex the bodyguards. They both have storm shields for a three up invuln, but got rid of that. Um, managed to smite one of them to death with a lucky three wound smite as well. My spite, my psychic powers were really good this last game, which I think is what won it for me. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then the Deshra walked forward. There was one, there was one Victrix guard left guarding Minus Cow. They walked forward and I got 30 hits with the Plague Spurt gauntlets. Um. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, only wounding on fives, but re-rolling everything. No AP, but he's only got a two-up save and eventually whittled the last one down, although the, another Demon Prince had to eventually smite him to death. Um, he had like one wound. Like, he, he, he survived the 30 hits. It was impressive. Um, but as soon as he had survived the 30, oh, it wasn't Demon Prince, never mind. As soon as he survived the 30 hits, the Deshroud charged, and basically, uh, you can see it on the Twitter, it's, he had more or less formed, like, an anchor blob with the Redemptor in front, and then everyone else <laughs> slightly behind and off to the side, like, sheltering in its shadow, basically. Um, two Death Shroud, the champion and one normal one, were the only ones attacking the Redemptor Dreadnought. They did 15 wounds to it in one turn of combat. It blew up. <laughs> It blew up. He suffered four wounds on Kalgar, five wounds on a captain in aggressor armor, four wounds to the captain in normal armor. The librarian was killed. The last Victrix guard was killed. The captain in Phobos armor lost three wounds. And then I lost a total of three wounds from that explosion across four units because I kept rolling really well for disgustingly resilient. It was, I feel really bad, but at the same time, it was a beautiful thing to behold. Um, Absolutely. And uh, basically at the end of the game, all that was left was one of my Demon Princes, two Deathshroud Terminators, and my Warlord versus Kalgar with two wounds left. Uh, no, with four wounds. Uh, four wounds? No. He halves the damage. There was three wounds left. I'm good at, I'm good at brain maths. The Demon Prince, <laughs> the Demon Prince cast Smite, did three mortal wounds, which Kalgar reduces to two. And then I remembered I had three command points left. There is a Death Guard stratagem called Nurgle's Rot, where you pick a Death Guard character, Every enemy unit within seven inches, you roll a dice. On a four-up, they take D3 mortal wounds. Kalgar's the only enemy unit left. I roll the fateful number. It's a four. He takes the fateful <laughs> amount of damage, one mortal wound, and Kalgar falls over coughing, dead. Uh, and we had we had a discussion between each other and between the guy running the shore, and it's like, yeah, no, that counts. It's uh, it's originating from your warlord. That's good enough to count as the warlord killing him. Oh, nice 10-pointer. Yeah, nice 10-pointer, finishing 10-0. <laughs> Um, uh, it was pretty good. And hey, if you've been paying attention, I won three and I lost three. That's a passing grade. Um, yeah, consistent. Yeah, consistency. <laughs> um, it was a ton of fun. It has destroyed my voice and also like my lower back and knees. So I'm grateful to be sitting down after standing up for that long. Um, unless <laughs> <laughs> I talk for, talk about yeah, Warhammer for another three yeah, hours. <laughs> exactly. But it was, it was incredibly fun. Everyone's armies looked great because as tournament, uh, they had a minimum painting standard to meet, which is to be fair, it's just base coat wash was the minimum, but everyone got at least that and it looked really good. Uh, apparently okay. everyone got the minimum amount of points at least for painting. So everyone got the, got the passing mark on painting, if nothing else. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. win any of the big awards, but I felt like I could have if I tried harder. So next time, sure, whatever, that's fine. I just didn't <laughs> want to. No, um, it was it was it was so fun. It was great to spend time. Uh, the only thing was it was so loud. 
Like, we were all on one side of the store taking up half the store, basically, in a big, long <laughs> line of tables together. Because <laughs> they're, just, they're just little two-by-four <laughs> slices, so you can really line them up. Um, mm. and, and it got pretty noisy near the end, especially. It was hard to hear. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a ton of fun. And it basically, the, my last month's worth of hobby was all preparing for this. Uh, so I got my list built. I got my list painted. Uh, I had a lot of fun kit bashing with the Death Shroud to make sure that they each looked unique because they are mm-hmm. pretty close to monopose, I would say. But with some handy clipping, you can switch which end which end of staff scythe blades are on and things like that to make things look more unique. Um, they were really fun to paint. Not too difficult, luckily, uh, and pretty easy to keep in sub-assemblies for the most part. And I finally finished that Demon Prince I built out of a miscast Mongol. Um... And I'm really, really happy with how he came out. He's my one with wings and double talons. He's sort of basically perching on a muddy knoll over a pool of filth and disgustingness. Uh, but he wasn't feeling really 40k until basically two days before the tournament, uh, when I finally finished building him, which was, I took a spare Deshroud champion scythe head, the one with like the chainsword bits on the end of the scythe blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and had that growing out of his wrist and suddenly became super more 40k looking uh, <laughs> and it, it it was just like the piece of the puzzle that missed that I was missing and with what you see is what you get I can probably run him as talon and sword or double talons with that so I'll take it um, MVP is definitely Death Shroud in the first three games uh, I should say in the first game they did pretty well in the second and third game didn't do a lot Fourth game, they were okay. Fifth and sixth games, they absolutely won those games for me. They were incredible. I know, I know in like bigger scale games where they can just get bogged down and chaff, they might not be so good. But at the same time, if I had shot at a mob of 30 orc boys, uh, the way I shot at that one Victrix guard, I feel I would have done alright. You know, I feel, I feel the 30 automatic hits could have done it. And the thing is, that's a lot. Like over in, in game five, I got to shoot with them three times over the course of the game, and I think overall I did about 70-odd hits over the course of that game with them, which resulted, at that point, Lich Guard of two wounds each. I killed all the Lich Guard. I killed killed the Warlord with it. I killed... Uh, killed a couple of other characters. They, they probably ended up, like, successfully putting through, like, 30, 40 wounds out of all that shooting. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> they're, they're better at shooting than melee sometimes, and that's really weird feeling for, like, guys carrying big sides around, but yeah. sure, why yeah. not? Um, uh, as far as any other hobby I did over last month, it was basically getting ready for that, but as part of that, I did a big cleanup of my hobby space, I've realized that since we started recording this show, I've not thrown away, like, a single box. Uh, so I got rid of all of those. <laughs> I've collated everything into much more neat piles, effectively. Um, well, you're getting and- confused about your backlog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yes, wait a minute, it's I like- swear I've done those. <laughs> well, like, I would open a box, and there would be three more empty boxes inside the otherwise empty box. I'm like, why did I do this? What do I need these for? I don't need the instructions. Just get rid <laughs> the of Russian get doll of Warhammer boxes. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I, I opened a, an Imperial Knight box. There was a Plague Monk box, a Fecula Narmor box, and a box of Imperial Guardsmen in there. I was like, what, what am I doing with my... <laughs> <laughs> so I did a big clean up. My desk is does not necessarily have more space, but it's a little more organized looking. And it was it's really good for. I fe- I think if I hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't have been able to do the tournament because half my stuff still wouldn't be painted. So it was it it took me like the better part of a day. To be fair, I only did it because I was stuck on the last boss in Sekiro. Still am and didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, so. <laughs> 
hey, if you're out there playing Sekiro, have a good time. The last boss is going to take you a while to learn, but you can oh, do it. Joy. You can do it. It's possible. <laughs> I've seen people beat him. I haven't. But I've seen other people do it, so I know it must be possible. <laughs> it is, I've heard. Yeah. On the uh, line, yeah. Uh, basically, at that point, I was getting a bit tired and stressed. Uh, I'm getting ready to move, like, in real life, so I just wanted to do something. I might have put a podcast on. I think I put, like, Fortune Narrative on or something, actually. Uh, and just shifted boxes for three hours. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny you should say that, actually. Mm. That I, I That's something I've been doing, because obviously I'm doing something similar, talking, you know, talking mm. about moving and things like that so i was shifting some of my uh full boxes uh i think it was yesterday actually so yeah, all my yeah. backlog of like custodies and marines and things like that and you know when you're like oh my god how much have i got here in this one box that's still that's still like shrink wrapped at the moment mm, it's you know mm. even after a, a big cull of <laughs> models previously there's still so it's like, yeah. like almost eye watering you're like oh yeah. my god right yeah. out of sight out of mind <laughs> that's all going yeah, in a box absolutely <laughs> Put <it Yeah>. away. <laughs> um i have one more bit of hobby which is uh i've been playing a warhammer mobile game <laughs> um oh okay uh, so i was i was just browsing twitter i think it was about a week or two back and i noticed hmm. um some game shooter tweeted Hey, our Warhammer mobile game Doom Wheel is free for this weekend for oh, GDC yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, and I thought, well, it's free. I've, I've got to do something on the bus, I guess. So, might as well download it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nothing insane, but it, it's, I think I like it best because it, it's, you're basically a Doom Wheel pilot, uh, working under Ickit Claw. Uh, <laughs> it, it's set in the old world, not in Age of Sigma. Um, and it's just one of those endless runner styles where you just tap, to jump and your goal is to collect coins or in this case warpstone tokens and run over dwarves uh which was delightful um <laughs> but like the, the little the little text dialogues for all the characters are just great like <laughs> your your main character is like scheming he's gonna off, gonna go off and start his own clan and show Claw what's for with a fully upgraded or fully automatic warp fire powered doom wheel uh, uh, etc um and then the music is great. It's just da 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 da, like really like comedic, but like slightly slinky, scaveny sounding. Um, uh, it's I wouldn't say it's anything special, but it was free. Uh, whenever I boot it up, it's just nice to hear dwarves do like basically the Wilhelm scream as I knock them off the path. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not it's not like a time waste or anything. It's just I don't, I literally have to wait five minutes for something to do. Um, might as well do this for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Good shout. And it was free. So, you know, it's always better when it's free. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, that's more or less the extent of my hobby that doesn't relate to our main topic. So take it away. <laughs> Excellent. No, you, no I, I really enjoyed listening to that tournament of yours. Did, did you Ooh. recommend it like going forward? Like if, if there's people listening and you think, you know what, this is oh, actually yeah. a really good format. Yeah. So yeah. Really cool. If, if, any store near you starts doing this is great. I also have the handout as well. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to the store manager, but if he's okay with it, we might put these up on our website, these rules for yeah. this little uh, yeah, mini tournament. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun and it was really interesting scenarios to do as well. Like, there's a lot of different things. Like, throughout the first five games, I went, why didn't I just make my warlord this little chaos lord? Then I don't need to worry <laughs> about getting my lord of contagion into combat. And then the final, <laughs> the final round is, warlords have to fight each other for the best points and I went oh that's why i made it the big tough guy with the damage three axe exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that sounds amazing. Mm. Also, actually talking about your uh, demon prince, I, I mm. noticed a certain somebody was impressed with it on Twitter. Oh, God, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Hey, uh, yeah. Josh Reynolds, if you want one, send me a Mongol and I'll make you one, basically. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think that was the first person that jumped on it. I was like, oh, mm. Only, mm. only Mr. Josh Reynolds is uh, yeah. liking yeah. your demon priest, you know, yeah. prince. Uh, nice. Yeah, Excellent. It's, right. It's nice. He looks all wasted and stuff, which is very mm. different to normal Nurgle stuff. No, he's done like, a good job on him, mate. Was it in Plague War? There's like the one great unclean one that's just basically a skeleton like a Mongol running around on its arms and stuff. I was like, I feel it's like that. That's the kind of thing I was <laughs> yeah. going for with that. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally intentional. Wasn't just using what I have, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously turned out well. You're getting a mm. lot of praise for it, mate. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, <thank> <laughs> right. Okay, right, my hobby stuff. Mm. Um, well, as you know, I'm not sort of building anything at the moment, but mm. uh, I've got a few little sort of, well, sort of sort of purchases. It's a bit of a weird one. I've sort of got a few things this month, but I've not really bought anything. Mm. What I mean by that is that well, I was on holiday last week, uh, yeah. hence why the Robbie episode was out, and mm-hmm. uh, I was in a, well, like a little coastal town, sort of staying over, and I found a little hobby shop that was there. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know those sort of st- those um, GW stands you see in a lot of stores where they're not actually a, a store that's devoted yeah. to it. It's actually, I think, it's yeah. a toy shop. But you know, it's got a little stand. It's got your standard boxes. It's got you know, it's got like Stormstrike and mm. and uh, those sort of things. It's got a collection of spray cans and you know all that sort of stuff. So I was just looking at stuff in there, um, just browsing and mm-hmm. you know for anyone that's been listening knows that obviously my evocators that are i was working on a little while ago started were damaged unfortunately by mm. accidentally by my wife um yeah which has led to my hobby hiatus <laughs> inadvertently <laughs> <laughs> she uh she bought me some blood letters because uh, oh. i was looking at them i think she mm-hmm. sort of i was you know i went i went outside i think because our, our daughter was you know, mm. kicking off a bit. <laughs> She's like, why are you not buying me any toys? Because um, you're too young. <laughs> so I, I took her outside and, yeah, uh, come up with some blood letters, um, which is cool. Um, mm. I don't know what to do with them at the moment, but they're, you know, I mean, they're greatly appreciated. New know. blades of it's, corn seem pretty hot. Just saying. Well, actually... Talking of that, um, mm. I have the Battles home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks to the lovely guys at Alchemist Workshops. Uh, I've mentioned before, they're the ones that gave our, you know, our competition mm. prize away a little, you know, a couple of months ago. And they were kind enough to give me a copy of the Blades of Corn Battle Tome, which mm. I'm going to read and, you know, something we may cover, uh, hopefully at some point. Um, and also, they gave me a copy of Vigilus Ablaze as well, mm-hmm. um, which is super amazing of them, mm. really. Um, yeah. And obviously, that is something we're going to be covering. I think it's mm. next episode, actually. I think we're covering that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we promised that. So, so yeah. So, I've sort of got these things, and not, but not really bought anything at the same time, which is <laughs> great. I mean, yeah. Let it <laughs> you know, flow. Talk- <laughs> exactly. Let the blood flow. Let the, let the gifts flow. So, uh, yeah, that's what... I've sort of received this month. Um, reading wise, I have well finished uh, Ravenna Returned, which was mm-hmm. the Excellent. the second Ravenna book, which was I think I've, I think I was halfway through it last time we were talking yeah. about it, and it's it's great. You know, it's yes. more Ravenna, mm. um, <laughs> and uh, obviously I read Shades by the Mirrored City, which we're going to yep. be talking about later this show, and 
loved it and but i'll save that for later mm-hmm. um i also listened to the audio drama or audio book of mm. our martyred lady which is Ooh. if people know this the latest like i said audio drama it's similar to realm slayer which was done with um brian blessed mm-hmm. uh, this is obviously a 40k one this is based around uh inquisitor grayfax and celestine the living saint mm. and a few other characters um it's the famous person on this is Catherine tate um mm. f- who may know from like doctor who and yep, a yep. few other comedy programs over here in the uk and she did a bloody good job i tell mm. you voice wise i w- it was one of those when i heard that Catherine tate was doing it I was yeah saying, R- really um okay you know mm. let's see how that yeah you know, it's, at least with Brian Blessed and Gotrek, mm. you know, he's like, yeah, that's oh, that's gonna be amazing. You know, <laughs> you yeah. know, you're sold on that already. <laughs> Whereas this, I was a bit like, but for someone that you know, I'm guessing doesn't mm. have a Warhammer background, she did a bloody good job of it. I tell yeah. you, as Greyfax, she's made Greyfax a fantastic character. Mm. Um, and I mean, again, it's relatively new, so I won't really say much about it. Yeah, uh, it's it's very well done. It's your your typical four-hour affair similar to realm slayer where you, then you've got about another hour where it's interviewing the voice actors and Catherine tate and people like that and it's good it's you know mm. again it's it's a lot of it's based on the i'll say the relationship between greyfax and celestine which obviously mm. Mm. you know for anyone that's read like uh, the gathering storm and things like that know that they obviously do have a you know a, uh, a relationship uh, <laughs> that is you know has it has its ups and downs let's say and, yeah. and this sort of yeah. uh, this book sort of personifies that really so yeah i think if you want something different i really recommend it i was sort of mm. it was one of those where no joke when i started listening to it it gave me goosebumps you know when you're like Ooh, yes nice. this sounds re-, you know nice. just not just not just the story but just the way they were conveying things um mm. i must admit i do like these audio dramas because yeah. when you've got different voices noise effects and things like that so yeah I That's recommend awesome. it anyway. So, do you uh, uh, do you think someone at Games Workshop HQ or Black Library is really into Doctor Who? Because that's three <laughs> Doctor Who voice actors they've had now. Because they have David Tennant, <laughs> Billy Piper, and now Catherine Tate. <laughs> yeah, I thought I noticed the the connection there. I suppose maybe is it mm. because they have like the same agent? You know that often oh, happens, don't they? Yeah, you know it could be something like that. Or do you think it's one of those where they get someone like you know David Tennant on board mm. and then? Uh, in, and if he's convinced, and they're like, "Oh, we're thinking of getting yeah. Billy Piper on," and mm. you two are mates, obviously, you know, you've worked yeah, together, yeah. and then they have a chat, you know, because that's often how these—that's mm. how film, films, and TV shows often happen yeah. out of the blue, where an actor or actress gets involved. Mm. So, yeah, I think I think it's something like that, really. But I, what I'm really pleased about—I mean, I've not listened to the David Tennant Billy Piper ones, but I've heard very mm. positive reviews over those. Yeah, yeah. But from what I can say about about Realm Slayer <coughs> and I'm Martyred Lady these dramas with you know these you know well-known people are very good considering again they're people that don't have Mm. that background it's very (coughs) impressive yeah Uh, yeah. and lastly i've been listening or started listening to Mm. i'm probably about a third the way through the lost and the wicked no no it's the wicked and the damned isn't it I've got my notes here. I'm thinking, no, that's the wicked and the damned. I think <laughs> is it the wicked and the damned. Oh god, yeah, wicked and the damned. <laughs> the, the new horror book. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I must have put that in ages ago. Thinking, yes, that's the name of it. And then obviously since then, <laughs> I started mm. listening mm. to it. Yes, the new Warhammer horror, or one of the new Warhammer horror books. Um, right now, what can I say about this? This has been 
interesting so far and i don't know if i'm what to think of it so far it's from what i gather when i say what i gather because i haven't finished Mm. it it's based around three characters given three stories across each written by a different author i know it's josh reynolds david Mm. annadale and i can't remember the last one yeah uh but that's you know all giving their perspective on something um right what can i say that's not going to spoil anything um it's one thing I would say so far, that, that how far I'm in, it's not very Warhammer so far, mm, in the sense okay. that it's almost being portrayed, you know, so imagine like, well, okay, I'll, I won't, it's not really spoiling it. The, fir- the first character is a commissar, and he's explaining, you know, an event that's happened to the other characters. Mm. And the fact he's a commissar, the, okay, you get the odd reference to Last Pistol, and things like that but i don't there's nothing mm. really warhammer about it and i'm not saying that in a bad way or a good way i'm just sort of saying that's yeah. the way it is it's sort of it's you know it's, it doesn't really matter you know you could it, anyone that's not really into warhammer could quite easily listen to this so far and wouldn't be lost you know talking about space marines and mm. necrons and anything like that they would be it's very normal if that's the right way to describe it um horror wise <sighs> debatable Mm. is what I'd say. Um, because, and I know a few people have said this, where when I've read reviews that haven't really spoiled it, there's a lot of, mm. the, for these Warhammer horror ones so far, I think because obviously Warhammer novels, especially 40k ones, are very grim dark anyway, often, yeah. that, that for some people that are very, you know, used to reading or listening to these sort of things, are sort of a bit like, well, this is what I'm used to anyway. You know, like it's almost like, I think, mm. I think, I, I'm trying to see the horror side of it so far. Again, I'm only a third in. You know, everything could completely change in the in the last two thirds of the book. But so far, I I'm not really seeing much of a horror element. It sort of it seems because mm. it seems like a norm, even though it seems like a normal Warhammer novel because it's you know there's description of you know people getting their heads blown off and things like that. It doesn't seem like a Warhammer novel because there's not many references to mm. Warhammer related stuff. It's a very odd, yeah, odd. It's a very odd listening mm. experience, and or I'm sure reading if you're reading the actual paperback of it. Um, yeah, I, I'm just gonna. I'm holding my thoughts off until I've finished it because I, yeah. I don't know yeah. what I think on it so far. I'm again, I'm not criticizing it. It's just I yeah. like you know when you're like I don't know what to think of this so far. It's <laughs> odd. Yeah, <laughs> that's all yeah. I can that's fair say enough. really. Mm. um yeah that's yeah that's all i can say on it so far again without uh mm. spoiling anything mm. uh so yeah i'll finish that hopefully in the next week and okay. so next episode i'll give you my proper thoughts on it <laughs> once, Excellent. Once, I've, yeah. once i've uh, absorbed <laughs> it uh but mm. uh, oh one thing i would say actually the I, I i did a bit of research the guy that's voicing the commissar because i don't recognize him because obviously i listened mm. to a lot of the warhammer audible books so i'm used to the same voice actors this guy i wasn't yeah. familiar with so i looked him up he's the guy who plays pinhead in the hell hellraiser oh, movies that's awesome i was like oh i was like wow yeah. okay oh, i did he does remember a lot of voice they said something anyway. about uh getting him for that didn't they yeah i think they yeah. mentioned an and article it, yeah yeah i thought that was really cool <laughs> mm. so that's yeah. awesome little bit of trivia there for you mm. um and yeah that's been my hobby stuff really yeah just been awesome. getting receiving uh, gifts and yeah reading a few bits yeah <laughs> i mean yeah um i did just remember one thing i got this month's white dwarf and i just want to point out a really good article in it have you read it uh by the way uh no i got it yesterday but i haven't had a chance ah, to yeah. read it yet 
So there, there is a really fantastic article from one of the, I believe it's one of the older designers. So a guy who's worked at Games Workshop for a long time. He's basically written a full article, which ends in this is my compiled guidelines for being a a good player, as in like mm. being respectful and stuff. And it's uh, not rules, obviously, but it is. It's just a bunch of things like you know, like make sure your opponent sees your dice before you pick them all up and roll your next ones and things like that. And it's just. I feel like Games Workshop as a company taking these steps to make sure the game itself, like playing the game itself, not just like painting and modeling stuff, is more inclusive to everyone and making sure everyone acts in a respectful manner towards each other. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, they can't enforce it, obviously, but it's, it's the promotion of the idea, I think, is really nice. Uh, and it was also an interesting article on how he'd sort of come to these conclusions. Like, you know, I realized I'd inadvertently been complaining about bad luck whenever my, my wife beat me <laughs> in a game. And I realized I was disrespecting her because she was actually quite good at the game. And I was just grousing and saying, nah, you're not that good. I just bad luck. I rolled, rolled crappily all night, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good read. If you, if you've got it, read it. Uh, and I mean, in general, it, we're all here to have fun. So why not be nice to each other? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't. It sounds mm. good. It's it, I I did I've seen it because I think it was on our Discord, mm. and I, you know a, a lot of it seems very common sense, but yeah, it's it's, it's good it's to the lay right it out. rules to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it um, needs to be there because you know. It, it, yeah. Also, you got to remember, there's a lot of children that play these mm. games ultimately, yeah. and you want to encourage you know don't cheat you know whether it's yeah. you know yeah. deliberately or you know accidentally and things like that. So mm. no, I think it's a great thing to include. Yeah, especially after your. I've noticed, by the way, because I've been flooded with notifications for this, your incredibly popular tweet on our Twitter about being positive <laughs> in the hobby. Uh, yeah. Just every couple yeah, of minutes, really it's well. ding, ding, ding. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to sleep, Matt. Why are you so popular? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 did, I, I did that sort of off the cuff, really, um, If mm. for people that aren't don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Cameron, can you read it? Have you got it in front of me? Because I, I uh, where's the Twitter? I can have it in front of me in just a second. Um, Damn technology! Uh, uh, got to switch Twitter accounts. Uh, yeah, there we go. Hashtag warmongers. Dot 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 dot. Lots of ellipses. Uh, if you think a faction's cool, then it is. If you worry when painting your models, you've got nothing to prove. If you keep jumping between armies, we all do. If if you buy models because you like them, no one can tell you otherwise. Stay positive. The the big smiley emoji face. I assume that's what you look like at this point. I've seen like one photo of your actual face, and I think you're an emoji. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm very yellow. <laughs> you okay? That looks like you're jaundice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I I put it because I I spend a, like like a lot of people. I spend a lot of time on Warhammer forums and you know Reddit mm. and things like that and. There's just, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a very positive community overall, and mm. I suppose it's the same with any other community. You do have a lot of people that just bring, unfortunately, a bit of negativity. And I just, you know, I sort of put these things that I think it was a reflection of myself as well. You know, because I beat mm. myself up about, like I've said multiple times on the show, where I don't get my hobby stuff done, and you, you think, you know, you you got something to prove when you don't have anything to prove really. And and mm. I just sort of wanted to sort of put it across to people that. You know, d- just relax about everything. You know, don't don't keep, don't say what people mm. should and shouldn't do. I mean, again, like I said, going on the forums, there's a lot of people, especially even from a competitive point of view. Mm. You know, because I read that sort of stuff. You know, when people go, "Oh yeah, mm. you should use this unit. This is better." And you know, when you're sort of thinking, 
there's there's people that just get so needlessly nasty about it you know like oh mm. you, you know just disregarding people's opinion i know that's the internet i appreciate yeah. <laughs> like, wow. this is not a, an isolated <laughs> thing and it was just sort of you know look we it's it's a this is a beautiful hobby in lots of different ways whether it's the mm. law whether it's the modeling it's the playing and you you know you, it's fantastic i mean we've been doing this like i said just over a year and you know this i've loved being part of this community so far whether it's our little community like on discord mm. our listeners or it's the the wider community just you know the warhammer in you know general community and it's just a shame when you see you know these things happening it's like look just chill let's let's just enjoy mm. this hobby whatever you yeah. enjoy like don't be you know if you you know like was like i said in that in that tweet where people are you know jumping from one army to the other don't worry about it i know i know it's frustrating because you you, you feel like you're not getting as much done as you hope but like i said we all do it we literally mm. all do it um you know so don't worry about it if you it was more for those people that sort of almost get, giving themselves a bit of self-doubt and i was just thinking mm. look chill don't worry about it and yeah. what's, what's really nice is a lot of people agreed <laughs> mm. yeah positivity <laughs> exactly <laughs> keep it up so uh right positively let's take a break mm. <laughs> and uh have a drink Wait and then the when news. we re- <laughs> exactly there's a lot to go through uh, so we'll be back shortly talking about the news back soon hello and welcome back it's time to go through warhammer news dun 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 warhammer news time it's the best time of all <laughs> yep. we love it <laughs> oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of We've exciting got- stuff to talk about so we have loads to talk about. It always, it always feels like we keep saying that, doesn't it? Like, yes, we've got lots to, to talk about. To be fair, like, individually, if we stuck to a normal recording schedule, this would have been manageable, because we took a month off. Yeah, that's true. It is all here. Yeah. It's just all that's true. thrown into our laps, uh, mostly because of death <laughs> happened as yeah. well, so uh, we got to deal with that. We're splashing our face in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of it, yes. Right. Yes. Uh, d- yes. Do, do, the, uh, do the Deadpool 2 intro trailer bullet dropping scene but me and all the Slanesh models just <laughs> oh. yeah <laughs> oh I've been I've been looking forward to this mm. right before we get there we'll oh, yeah. talk about 40K the 40k first. news for <laughs> technically so, yeah, this... it's 40k news can I spin it now <laughs> yeah yeah no, but I'm, 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 I'm holding I'm holding you on that Slanesh leash oh. um, normally <laughs> the reverse of my position <laughs> 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 oh, the truth's coming out. Uh, Cameron's secretly a uh, keeper of secrets. I mean, knew it. let me get my cow mask. Uh- <laughs> 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 right, yeah, no, no, jump in. How about them heretic Astartes? Yeah, they're up causing, her- you know, doing heretical stuff. Mm. They're uh, they're in their droves at the yeah, moment. Studies, they're heretical. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how much stuff is being released for the yeah. Chaos Space Marines. It's, it's so uh, we've got we've got an updated codex, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. So they've done a, literally taken the old one and sort of just you know done a few amendments, and then I think mm. it's got a little two <laughs> down the yeah, it's right got a little two corner. on the front, so you know. Um, mm. Hey, I don't know if they've arrived at this yet, though, but in it, Obliterators are still 65 points, but then the new profile, so just go nuts with that for a few weeks until they arrive yeah. at that, probably in the big FAQ. <laughs> um, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I, that can't be right, but... 
No, I, I, I mean they've, they've, what they've done actually. Talking about the erratas, they've mm. allowed it so you can download the new, uh, the new details, don't they? The yeah, new, like, data you, sheets the and things like that. PDFs are free, which is nice. Yeah, which is really cool. Mm. And I think they've even got a, on the Warhammer Community website. There's a cool oh, little, I love sort flow of flowchart, chart, isn't yeah. it? Flowchart's yeah. great. We love a good flowchart. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need simple stuff to explain mm. it to us yeah. <laughs> so we understand <laughs> as we get older. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, that's uh, that's available, which is really cool. So, yep, new codex. Uh, we've got, what, the new the new Chaos Space Marine squad, you know, mm-hmm. the new actual sort Models. of base unit, which, which are all very gorgeous have, have you been i know you're on bolter and chainsaw have you gone into the mm. heretic astartes sub forum because <clears throat> they have a um, not recently yeah because they have a wow my voice is disappearing can you hear it <laughs> oh. Oh, beautiful sorry everyone uh there you go they have a thread called uh show us your kit bashes with the new set basically and the mm-hmm. stuff people oh, yeah. have been doing with that set is incredible like you can do so much with it. Like I know it's closer to monopose than the old ones, but they look gorgeous. You can easily switch arms out. You can switch legs out if you're really trying. Uh, helmets fine, backpacks fine, um, and they fit with basically all the older arms and stuff as well, which is really cool. Um, they seem they seem pretty versatile, and I want to buy some, but I'm not going to because I'm being a good boy. Um, I just, <laughs> for, for the minute, <laughs> I, I just really want a purge detachment because uh, they got rules in Vigilance Ablaze and they are incredible. Um, mm. Yeah, very cool indeed. And we then got the was it Noctilith Crown? Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it? Yep. Which is the new sort Stargate. of train piece? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. That's it's, what it's, it's just a, a chaos Stargate. Stargate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. Very appropriate. And yeah, I've seen some lovely jobs on that, like mm. paint wise, some yeah, really good, yeah. uh, good little effects. And and what I quite like actually, if you look at if you ever look at the mm. the sprue of it on the website, it's it's nice because it's pretty, you know, uh, simple. Yeah, you know, if that, yeah. I mean, you have got a few little fiddly chains and things, but overall, most of it is mm. big solid pieces. So you're not having to put like yeah, you know, a thousand pieces together, mm. which is quite cool. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I like that because I think sometimes with some of the bigger stuff, you think, you know what, it doesn't need to be in three hundred pieces. Yeah, just, yeah. just, <laughs> just let it be. Just a big put it blob. in ten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what it's. That's what it's going to be at the end of the day. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's very cool indeed. Um, obviously, we got new Chaos Terminators, which yes. I think, from memory, confused a lot of us. Yeah, like, are they new? Or the thing like, is, you know. I really like them because I really liked the old style of the Chaos Terminators. These just fixed all my issues, which are mostly... If you look at an old Terminator model, their thighs are about <laughs> as thin as, like, the barrel on a bolt gun, it seems. Um, yeah. Like, th- there's I no way like. there's a real leg in there, is what I'm saying. And now <laughs> now they've made them thick uh, in the parlance of the young people. They're thick Terminators, these ones, so... With double, double, double C thick. Yeah, double C yeah. thick. i got to put the in there. Uh <laughs> Uh, they're, they're just a tiny smidge. I really like how they've done it because if you've got old Terminators, you don't need these. They're like they're a tiny no. bit taller, but they're just a bit more well proportioned. They still have like their head between the middle of their chest or something like that. But um, they're just a bit better proportioned. They're a bit more dynamically posed. Um, I will complain that there seems to only be one of each weapon option in the kit, which is a bit odd. Uh, but uh, just buy a bunch of chain axes off bit sites. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, good shout. So yeah. yeah, that's really it's good that again they've done they've updated a base unit as well because mm. obviously I mean the good thing is like you said the t- the Terminators or the old Terminators 
luckily, I, well, to me anyway, they haven't aged that badly compared yeah. to yeah. some other models. So, but it's good that they've thought, you know what, let's let's upgrade them, let's mm. sort them out. So, yeah. very good indeed. Uh, right, what's next? We've got the Dark Apostle. Looks lovely. Which is a gorgeous unit. I think we saw that a little while yeah. ago, didn't we? Yeah. I think it was sort of spoilt a bit mm. earlier. Um, I, I think it's a lovely model, oh, yeah. to be fair. Oh, yeah, great. Um, we, we got Havocs, which, uh, put, put in your, uh, wish list orders on Forge World for the rotor cannons from 30k, cause they, you might have to wait a while, but you will get some mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, <laughs> everyone wants that chain cannon and, uh, there's only one in the box. So the obvious solution is build your own or buy your own. Um, yep. actually I've seen a lot of people like casting the, uh, the Helldrake auto cannon, like doing green stuff casts of that to fit them on and stuff like that, but. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Havocs are good. That for some reason they're toughness five, and they ignore moving and shoot, moving and shooting penalties for heavy weapons. So they're basically death guard. Why aren't I allowed to take these? Uh, <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, I guess it's like they got the bigger, tougher armor with the claws and everything on it to help them stabilize. But it's like that, that's a buff they didn't need. But it's nice that they got it. I guess. Uh, yeah. No, I'd say so. Yeah. Mm. Very cool indeed. Um, right, next, we've got the Master of Executions, yep. who is awesome. Um, very cool. I, lo- I love his axe. Axe uh, is amazing. Uh, um, his axe is my it's... least favorite part of him, actually. Oh, really? Uh, oh, see, I quite like that. I think but it looks a what, little what are you, weird. What are you not feeling about it? I, I don't know. I'm just not. It feels like it's not extreme enough. Like It's just in that point where <laughs> this looks kind of silly, but it doesn't look scarily silly. Like, again, I saw someone do a kit bash <laughs> of one of these, and they used, like, the uh, the big two-handed thing from the Blood Warrior set in Age of Sigma. The big, it's basically a big axe head with two handles to wield it. Mm. Uh, and someone stuck that on top of, like, a custody spear pole. I'm like, that's perfect. It looks like it's probably, like, 18 <laughs> feet long at that point in canon, but that's the big oversized scary. It doesn't... It just doesn't feel right for some reason. It probably doesn't help. One See, of his heads looks really dumb as well, but the other one's good. So, <laughs> what you mean the the executioner, the leather, the leather face one, one is, is the, a bit uh, naff. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I prefer the the, the sort of default one. Yeah, I, I, I think I like the axe because I think what I th- find amusing about it, if you look mm. at the model, is the fact he's holding it in such a very casual like. Yeah, this is my axe. Yeah, what of it? You know, yeah. it's like it's literally as as tall as me, but I'm, he, he's mm. just holding it very sort of. Yeah, this is my axe. It's, it's called it's called Dave. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> this is very sort of, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I I know. I think I know what you mean. Where it's yeah. not as extreme as it could be. I, I but feel like it's just it's a still a big a- big axe. It's still axe. a big axe. It's a good yeah. melee. So uh, that's yep. good. Uh, <laughs> it's because he's the unit that basically is tasked with killing the mm. enemy warlords, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So, uh, hey, law wise, you're standing against Abaddon the Despoiler. Uh, you're not allowed to command anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Teleports in. Yeah. Nothing personnel, kids. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. The Lord Discordant is out and on shelves. I saw them on the shelves today. No one bought any because we were all busy playing. Um, <laughs> it's, They'll go. It's that's an, an amazing an, model. Uh, someone did work out that with a Slanesh Demon Detachment and the Demon Engine Vigilus Ablaze Detachment... With a Lord Discordant, you can get a turn one charge with a bunch of Molophines. Um, oh, wow. Because okay. <laughs> uh, the Warlord trait for the Vigilus Ablaze detachment is plus two inches movement to every demon engine within six inches. The Slanesh 
demon locus for heralds and other Slanesh demon characters is Slanesh demons, which includes demon engines, within six inches can run and charge. Uh, and then you can also get a warp time going and things like that. And basically, with the right combinations of things and the right deployment, you can set up a long ball first turn charge with some smaller fiends, <laughs> which is terrifying, actually. Um, so they're all going to be Slanesh. Uh, there might, there might be a few. No, there won't be any other kinds, honestly. Slanesh is the best for demon engines. Uh, yep. <laughs> <sighs> Right, so what else we got? We got, and then finally for the Chaos Space Marine side mm. of things, you've got um, the Chaos Lord out of Blackstone Fortress is now mm. available separately. That's, Yay! Sidious Malix, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, so all those people that were selling on my eBay, your days <laughs> are numbered. Done. <laughs> 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 which is really cool. And actually, that's what I was going to say, actually, while mm. we're in between uh, recording these sections, because I was sort of going to comment that... Price-wise, I mean, over here in the UK, he's fifteen pounds, and I think yeah. same with the master of master of executions, mm. and that's a really good price. And oh yeah, again, to me, it's highlighted the inconsistency with some of with the pricing. single model. Yeah, yeah. I just think because you know, from the AOS side of things, there's so many models where you're thinking, you know, when they're like, I don't know, again, I'm going to use UK prices, mm. but they're like yeah. you know, twenty two pounds, twenty five pounds for like one unit and you think because i was having actually i was having this conversation with um a guy a guy that i work with and he was mm. we were talking about aos units and we were talking about like um we we're talking about slaughter priests where obviously yeah. they're going to oh, be very God. popular now slaughter priests are in, so expensive <laughs> is that well for what they are well obviously they're a lovely unit mm. in like you know because that's why people are going to start buying them especially with the new blades of corn battle yeah. time and you're sort of thinking they're again over here they're 18 pounds and you're yeah. thinking okay yeah. Okay, let's let okay, let's let's flip it back. Obviously unofficially mm. most people realize that the pricing is dependent on how much you need of that unit. Yeah. So I yeah. if you need that's why you find a lot of chaff units are quite cheap financially Unless and where's your elite unit? Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not always. It's not it's not, not a hard and fast rule, but you but gen- generally, yeah. you know, they are quite well for example the you know the blood letters that i received mm. you know last week they're 18 pounds you get 10 of them mm. you know that's yeah. fine and, and and that's the same price as one slaughter priest and again i'm not talking about a tabletop point of view no, i'm talking no you know, purely like model point of view mm. you know you've you're, you're getting 10 models where you're only getting one you know one slaughter priest i know obviously certain units if you you know you got you know gilliman or something like that they're going to fetch a high price you're only gonna yeah. have one of them yeah they're, they're a big unit you know physically a big unit mm. things like that it's just sometimes you think you know we were sort of me and my work colleague were sort of saying it we're going back to the slaughter priests to me that's a 12 pound unit you know mm. no you know that's how yeah. much it should really cost knowing yeah. that you could easily need to buy two or three of them because they're that good you know from a, mm. a tabletop point of view it's it's a lot of you know 18 pounds and in some cases some of these other units more than that you think it's a lot for what it, you know, for what you're mm. getting. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, and you know, I know it's the way it is. I'm not complaining as such. It's more no. just sort of. I just feel this is highlighting this is ways. Weird. Yeah. You know, yeah. It just it, you sometimes think, where's like what what is defining this? Yeah. You know, how, you know yeah. because it, it makes you as a buyer, and you know, and as obviously uh, as a of these things, you think, well, I don't even know. You know, when you're sort of thinking before and how much is this going to cost? It's very hard to predict because, mm. like, mm. for example, the the Lord Discordant. Is 
over here forty pounds. I was like, wow, that's a lot. You know, again, it's mm. it's probably the best unit, but physically the best model I've probably seen this yeah. this year so far. Oh yeah. But you know, when you when you compare it to other things, you're like, why why is like a land rate? Well, actually, I think a land rate is either About the same, same price or a little yeah. bit cheap, around the same. You're thinking. But that land rate is massive in comparison. You know, mm. you know when you're sort of thinking, where are they, where have they got that money? You know, that sort of decision <laughs> from. You know, why is it? Yeah. That? Um, you know, it's again not complaining. It just no. makes it very hard to predict. Yeah. And then sometimes you'll see it the other way, where mm. sometimes, like like the you know the the master master of executions and the chaos lord, fifteen pounds. Like, but yeah, that's no. that's not that's all right. I can mm. you know I can see I can get on board with that. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just, just, just a mystery. Just something I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I, part of me feels like somewhere deep in Nottingham cellar, uh, in down, down in Games Workshop, Nottingham at Warhammer World, there's just a monkey in a cage. And they produce the new miniature, they put it down a tube, and it lands in the monkey's pen, and then the monkey places it in one of 63 different bowls, each with a different <laughs> price associated with it. And whatever the monkey chooses, that's what the price is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. That's the thing. I would. I would like it to be standardised. You know, I. Mm. I would like it where you know, if they said right, every single hero unit, whether it's AOS or forty k, they're going to be, you know, fifteen pounds. They're going to be twenty pounds. Mm. You know, then you just know where you stand. You know, yeah. every time. Oh, yeah. here here comes a new unit. Right, yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's an elite unit. It's thirty pounds. It's a it's a chaff unit. It's twenty pounds. Mm. You know, the, yeah. then whereas they're just so random. Some of them, you know, where they're like, oh no, this one's seventeen pounds fifty, and then this one is thirty seven pound fifty. Whereas this oh. was thirty five. You're thinking, but well, where's that two fifty come from? Like, what's the difference between that one and that one to, to justify two pound fifty? I, d- oh, I don't yeah. know. It's just it, it's all over the yeah. place. But that's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so for the workshop. Anyway. love you. You're just a little, oh, yeah. you're a little weird sometimes. <laughs> yeah it's again it's not a dig it's just more of a <laughs> confusion really more than anything mm. right uh next we've got the well it's coming anyway we've mm. got the next big faq yep. which is b- the faq one of yep, yep. 2019 obviously they promised mm-hmm. every six months or so they're going to yeah. release a new faq yeah uh they're generally going to do it after a big event like in this case adepticon mm-hmm. so it looks like it's this month sometime they're yep. going to be good dropping the first big FAQ, 40k. Just give me Toughness 5 Disgustingly Resilient on Chaos Lords and Sorcerers for Death Guard. Also, that's something <laughs> I felt today. My Sorcerer and Death and Chaos Lord were not particularly tough. They were the weak elements in the list. <laughs> the Sorcerer has no invuln save. If he gets hit for 6 damage, oh, he's dead. There's no, no way yeah. to save him. It's impossible. Um, mm. Just fix it. I don't need a new codex. <laughs> I just need that one thing changed. Uh, <laughs> I'll be interested and then to see I'll what be it a is. Happy boy. <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see if they like enshrine the fly during the charge phase rules, uh, which is mm-hmm. currently you can't fly during the charge phase, which is weird because like a Helldrake lands to charge and a Corvus Blackstar lands to charge and things like that. Like what? Hmm. H- how does this work? It has no feet upon which to stand, <laughs> but it is not allowed <laughs> to fly during the charge phase. Is it? Hopefully we see that rolled back because it's really weird. I mean, I like, it's abusable, but it's part of learning to screen properly is making sure you can screen against flying things. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, a few other things. Um, in <laughs> in news closer to my heart, in the land down under, a conquest is here. Uh, it's out. It was on the shelves of my local games workshop for about seventy five minutes. Uh, at one point last <laughs> week, it swiftly disappeared. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm not, probably not going to subscribe myself, but I will be, uh, checking mm. eBay shortly after particular issues. Uh, 
because I would. I mean, yeah. I know that at the moment, I think over in the UK, I think it's the Primaris Apothecary mm. uh, one that's out at the moment. So good. for eight pounds, you mm. can grab um, you can grab one, which is I think yeah. they're twenty two pound fifty yeah. normally. So also, hey, that, that's another weird price. I mean, why are Primaris characters so expensive? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that rabbit hole. Yeah, that rabbit hole. Uh, but it's good. Uh, I'm I'm interested to get some cheap terrain and maybe a cheap plague vest crawler or three. Um, yeah, do it, do it. And hey, hey, you know what's really great? What some of my enduring memories of fifth edition are? Uh, it's it's apocalypse. Woo! Ah! The big the big ones. I, I do you know, do you feel that it's neat? Right. So yeah, for mm. what we're saying is apocalypse has been announced as well at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel it's needed? I don't think it's needed, but I think it's a good way to support people who have all that really cool stuff or just have massive collections. I mean, at this point, 40K has been around for like over 25 years. Uh, Some people (laughs) have ridiculously large armies. Um, And I think what makes the key difference here is like originally when Apocalypse came out, there wasn't too much in the way of swiftly like... Of, of like breaking down a unit's roles and things like that. This one, apparently, it has a lot of things to save time. So hopefully you can fit like a 10,000 point game in roughly the same amount of time as say a 2,000 point game mm. using the apocalypse yep. rules. Um, so as long as it, I, I think I would also like to see it like with an update to some of the Forge World item rules, like not necessarily just Titans, but all the various super heavies and things you can get from Forge World. Cause this, this is where they shine, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's nice. I think it's, it's like an urban conquest. So like, we didn't need that, but it was cool. It added some, mm. added some interesting flavor for people who want to play that way. And I feel like this is going to be Games Workshop going forward is we're going to get campaign books like Vigilist. We're going to get expansions like Apocalypse. Uh, it's not quite an expansion, but Kill Team, I feel, falls into roughly the same area of this is just mm-hmm. a different way to play your 40k. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just, just embracing the idea that people want to play a whole bunch of ways and some people are not confident doing that themselves, like figuring that out themselves. So we will support it with a rule set of some kind. Like, yeah. No, I, yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think that it suggests that, that that's the way they're going with things that obviously, because, you know, eighth edition has been out for what? Almost three two years. years? It's something like that. Yeah. So obviously, and like you said, people have had, you know, probably had big collections for a, a long time. So mm. from so from their perspective, they like you said, they can easily have ten thousand points. And I think it just shows that they're thinking right. We need to keep people active mm. from just you know not you know a, an, an FAQ drop every so often is not always going to you know keep things going. People yeah. need, yeah. like I said, a bit of variety. And like you said, Urban Conquest was a perfect example of that. Mm. Apocalypse is another version. Kill Team. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think it's just knowing that because obviously because 40k and AOS are at different levels now, obviously AOS is mm. still, you know, still having its baby steps at the moment, really, yeah, you know, it's yeah. hitting a stride now, which is fantastic, <laughs> but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not been a right way. <laughs> Sorry. I really like the idea that games workshop franchises age in the same manner as a real live human. Uh, yeah, they do. They, they do. really what do. do. You think? If you, <laughs> we think, like I said, with like 40k, when it's been around for like 25, 30 years, you sort of think you're, yeah, it's you know, that peak. sort of, that's what I mean. It's like around prime your age, so it's yeah. like, yeah. Well, I don't feel in, I don't feel in my prime after today, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, yeah. It, you know, I just think that it 
they're at different stages. So it's, it's got like, you couldn't just drop something like this into AOS, for example, because mm. people are like, well, you know, not many people have armies that big because it's still relatively new. Yeah. And whereas at least like you said for 40k, cause you know, a lot of the models are still the older ones and mm. still perfectly acceptable. You could, yeah, could get away with using oh, them. Yeah. So no, no, I think it's good. A variety is the yeah. spice of the Warhammer life. You, know, you say you say <laughs> mostly old models are still supported. I kind of want to go as old as possible, and I want to see a 10,000-point Rogue Trader Space Marine Army <laughs> for 8th edition, because that would be incredible. Are you kidding me? That would be awesome. <laughs> if it's out there, send him pictures. Just a bunch of little little squat guys <laughs> on their little 20 mil bases standing like half a centimeter tall, doing the big gorilla squat with the weird-looking <laughs> bolt. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> someone someone collate hundreds of these little boys for me <laughs> yes please mm. we want to see it uh, well talking so- of aos let's mm. let's switch it yeah um right so first we've got lena Stormspire. that's the stormcast eternal uh female character that's yep. been shown off for is it for revamped new stores it is I for believe? new stores and store renovations so mm-hmm. i cannot i cannot directly support this action but if you really want her to be sold at your store you just make sure no one's in there when you burn it down. Um, <laughs> don't <laughs> wow, do that, that's please. An extreme way to get yeah, a model. No, maybe maybe no. just go a city over to where a new store is opening. Um, yes. <laughs> don't, don't hurt your local games, watcher, please. They are friends. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I really like this miniature. A lot of mm. people were criticizing her face, uh, saying it's fine. a bit odd, but I really like it, to yeah. be honest. I think it's a good, you know. Also, Good she's model. a Stormcast. She will almost definitely have a helmet in the sprue as an alternative. Yeah. And or if she doesn't, you've got like 50 spare if you're running Stormcast yeah. at this point, honestly. <laughs> yeah, there are right. a lot of, there are a lot of heads going around. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've learned more about Forbidden Power finally after mm-hmm. two announcements. Mm-hmm. We had two announcements for Forbidden Power, which was Forbidden Power exists and it's coming. And that was basically it. Everyone frantically theorized Tomb Kings. It doesn't look like it's Tomb Kings. Yeah. No. Yet. Um, <laughs> you keep dreaming. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel I was correct in my guess of it's Malign Sorcery 2.0, a bunch of new factionless endless spells, which some look really, really cool. There's like a, a Charon, like rowing the, the boat of death through the River Styx looking guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of really good looking stuff. And I'm interested because like, I feel the theme here is, it's maybe not directly Tomb Kings, but it could be the idea is like Sigma's regrets doing something. And he has to release, open the Storm Vault and release whatever's in there. It could be like ancient relics he's hoarded because he does have what's left of the old world, right? So that's it's right. Yeah. Potentially he's been mining that not just for Sigma, right? But for, you know, things like old artifacts that might have been buried deeply and survived the transition to the mortal realms. Uh, so maybe, maybe these are some endless spells, uh, based upon artifacts Sigma let out that have awakened due to the Necroquake, et cetera, stuff like that. We don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it's still being built as an expansion. So hopefully it comes in with a really interesting narrative pool here. Uh, I beyond. Think so. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, more endless spells for everyone who can cast magic is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, more so, options. No, I think... It, no, it's... It, like I said, it, it, to me, it was a bit like, oh, okay. You know, it's like... Yeah. Because I think it disappointed a few. I'm not disappointed by it. I just think like, oh, yeah, that's sort of what <laughs> I thought it was going to be. And, yeah. yeah, I think, again, similar to what we were saying about 40K, it just adds a bit more variety to yeah. the tabletop. Yeah. And that's never a bad thing. So... Yeah. Uh, right next, we've got Fire Slayers. They are, I think that's 
as of today's recording, which is the yeah. 13th of April, mm-hmm. I think the pre-orders are going Indeed up today, which is yeah. really cool. So they've got a brand new Battle Tome. So, you know, as we know, Games Workshop is slowly updating the older Battle Tomes and old yeah. factions yeah. that were from the original AOS. So it's now the Fire Slayer's turn. So they've got a brand new Battle Tome. Uh, they have now got some of the new, uh, their or their version of the Endless Spells, which yeah. are called Magmic invocations mm-hmm. so you've got the so the zargon flame flame spitter the runic firewall and the molten infernoth yeah which are all very they're, awesome looking they're things pretty cool and they're they're good because it feels like this has solidarity because all the factions got endless spells their endless spells work roughly the same in terms of how you summon them and stuff uh with blades of corn being rebooted there was a big outcry over the endless prayers which is effectively where they got <laughs> yeah. the judgments but Judgments, yeah. these magma invocations work exactly the same as those. So for every faction that can't do magic, they will presumably get something along this line instead where you pray yeah. it into being and then at the end of each turn it has a chance of staying on the board but otherwise it disappears. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think it makes perfect sense and it, it keeps it level, you know, yeah. from a from a playing point of view i know you know people have different opinions on this but i think ultimately this is the way they're going with aos where there'll mm. be updated battle tomes there'll be a terrain piece there'll be endless spells mm-hmm. obviously factions are all at different levels from that yeah. point of view uh because i've been i've been spending a bit of time on the seraphon uh mm. forums because obviously they they i think at this point now have the oldest battle yeah. tome, technically well, this was one of the um, first so exactly <laughs> yeah i think first, if you actually. include if if Exactly. If you include the ones that have been updated since, they are now in the oldest one that's mm. still untouched. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, like, in, like, it's a funny. They're in a funny position because they're actually still a very solid unit. I mean, they mm. won Adepticon. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So they're not doing good. too bad, uh. <laughs> but they still need they still need the the two point treatment. Oh and, yeah. And it, to me, it, it's nice because you know, let's be honest, you know, your faction is going to have its time eventually. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. They they're not they're, doing, they're taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Also, I want to see the Slan endless spells where it's just a rain of frogs. Uh, so. <laughs> Exactly, and I was thinking how so magic heavy yeah. Seraphon are. You know, they they'll love it. Mm. So uh, yeah, wait and yeah. see. Um, and they've got the the Magmic Battle Forge, which mm-hmm. is the is it called the Pizza Oven. Um, yeah, big pizza oven. Think, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what it does, but I'm sure it does something cool. Uh, <laughs> is that? Um, and we got uh, they got new dice which and nice. nice dice, nice dice, and <laughs> the Doom Seekers back from the Silver Tower. I believe is where yep. he was lost. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, I mean he's fine. He's a bit weird looking, but yeah. I like him. Yeah, I mean, I talking of sort of their units. I think obviously there's been a bit of you know a bit of outcry that obviously they're not really getting any new units mm. per se. I think they're getting so the magma droths are going to become riderless and things like that. But yeah, they're not getting. Yeah. They're still a very minimal faction from a unit. Yeah. You know, from a unit point of view, there, but. I I think that's always the, like I said this 2.0 part I don't think mm. is to massively no you know sp- expand a lot of these factions it's just to get them up to speed obviously yeah. we've had yeah, the gleam exactly. spike gets late, lately they got some new units but again they were sort of a bit all over the place because they were mm. a, you know a mixture of they mm. they were an amalgamation whereas yeah. again the fire slayers are not an amalgamation they are yeah. their own you know brand new AOS yeah. faction so I, I feel it's like with the change from 7th to 8th in 40k, people got used to, like, oh, addition changes are big now. But then Age of Sigmar is like, Age of Sigmar was the big change from 
absolutely from what eighth edition fantasy over to age of sigma that was the big shift when we get or i should say if we get ninth edition 40k it'll probably be like going to second edition age of sigma it is a small adjustment that Mm -hmm. it has big implications it changes the way the game works and stuff like that but it's just a slight shift so things need a little tweaking to get back into shape eventually we'll get new fire slayers units but Mm -hmm. like for now, their big power is going to come from you can get mount traits. There's new artifacts, new warlord traits, all that kind of stuff. It's like, there are there are they're going to get some good stuff, presumably. Yeah, um, yeah. definitely. Explain to me loon curse because I don't actually know what that is off the top of my head. Uh, and unless I've unless I've stupidly written the name down wrong, it's the the leak of, or not leak the trailer they showed off of what's probably going to be the. Um, Moon Clan versus Sylvaneth box set. Have I got oh, the name wrong? I, th- I, I thought think, it was Loon Curse. Uh, if you're probably right, I think I just didn't watch it. <laughs> I have oh, right. No memory of any <laughs> such thing. Uh, <laughs> I've missed yeah, it. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I've just Googled it. It is Lunka. Sorry, for a minute I thought, oh, have, I, have I written down the name wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's basically, it's the, it's on the, it was an, as part of the Adepticon announcements. Mm, um, so basically it's, they've shown off a little, you know, literally a 20 second trailer. It's called, mm. uh, it basically says Flora versus Fungus. It's the epic battle you never knew you wanted to see. Place your bets <laughs> on the, the Facebook page. Um, oh, that's but cool. yeah, if you, if you look at it, uh, without actually saying categorically what it is, because we don't mm. know, obviously technically, but you yeah. can put a ninety-five percent chance on it. It is yeah. a Gloom Spike Gits versus Sylvaneth box okay. set that's, that's going to come out. So that um, points to maybe Sylvaneth getting a battle tome later in the year as well yeah. with some endless spells. I think and so. I reckon because Gloom Spike just got a battle tome with a bunch of stuff, but they might get a newer model for like the Madcap Shamans or something like that, or a new war I... boss or. Whatever. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think I think the 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 one the rumor the rumor that's doing the the best rounds on that is the loon boss on a mangler squig on I think squig? or that'd be good yes yeah yeah because yeah, I think it's one of the squig. older model it is yeah, very old exactly although Ford so, World does a good version of that as well uh, yeah that's true oh, I love those little guys um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah so that's that's on the horizon anyway yeah and then for Warhammer Underworlds hey related to what we're talking about later uh, Thundrix Profiteers the Caradron Overlord team is a coming uh, they look cool mm-hmm. uh, looks like they're going to be fairly heavy shooting comparatively to most uh, Underworlds stuff which will be interesting mm-hmm. yep. um, but you know uh, more Caradron is always cool they were I keep hearing, like, when they were released, they were really, really popular, and Games Workers was like, cool, we've got to do more of this. It is going to take several years, but we'll do more of this. I feel like this might be the start. <laughs> Again, when we eventually get a new Caradron Battle Tome, these will be part of it, but hopefully we get some other new shiny things along with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're, they're obviously going to be one that's going to get a Battle Tome update at some point yeah. as well. You know, again, they... they they're one of those that I think aesthetically they're very popular. Mm. Um, because so I mean, steampunk dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whereas I think obviously from a game playing point of view, they don't pull their weight. So yeah, yeah we'll yeah. see. But no, it's good. It shows that they're, you know, taking them seriously, putting in a mm-hmm. Underworlds warband, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, talking of warbands, um, they've shown off a bit more about Warcry. We've yeah. seen a trailer for the Iron Golem, which is very like the, cool. well, to me, they're the, the, they're the house Goliath. Of yeah, Warcry yeah. compared to Necromunda, mm. uh, the sort of brutish one that uh, really build cool. their own armor and things like that. They've got a real chaos dwarf in that box too. They do, nice. yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Oh, so, and um, so, hey, you know how you had your doubts about uh, Warcry because it was Chaos mm, only? I did. Uh, hey, guess what? There's nine other non-Chaos <laughs> factions playable at launch. Uh, I presume they're not getting new models, but I'm guessing they're just giving them rules. Uh, so three death, three destruction, three order, presumably. Um, it's looking like Gloom Spite, Iron Jaws, Bone Splitters for destruction, Stormcast, Ideneth, Daughters of Cain for order, and then mm-hmm. Soul Blight, and we're not sure for the rest of death. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Soul Blight getting rules would be cool. It feel, I feel like a kill team kind of thing is where vampires could really shine. So hopefully. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I know you know I know I I've already voiced my opinion on <laughs> Warcry, but no, I, I again I I've, like I said last time I had a bit of a talk about it that mm. for me this is a you know if they if this is the way they go with it then I'm much more receptive to it if they oh, you know yeah. put in the well you know so now I'm definitely more on board with seeing what this is going to be now the mm. fact they've announced these non chaos. Oh, yeah. Warbands as well. So, yeah. Um, watch your space, as yeah. always. Now, nothing else uh, matters. Right. It's time for the Hedonities of Selenium. Oh, I, yeah. I know it's <laughs> but oh, God. Also, what a title. We've gone from hosts of Selenesh. Like, we don't need to be a host anymore. Selenesh is out, by the way. He's officially gone, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time for the Head Knights of Selenesh. They're getting a whoop, battle whoop. time. Uh, the album, right, that is really good. Gush away. <laughs> The most sensual and seductive model I've ever seen is that goddamn Keeper of Secrets. I'm putting that out there right now. <laughs> it is, it is like sensual, not, not necessarily like say sexy. I mean, there are bits about it, like it's got nice lines and everything like that, but something about it is mysterious and super graceful and super creepy at the same time. And it is just, oh, so good. It's also like massively tall. Like, um, it, it is not, I would say, as, as thick set as any of the other greater demons, maybe maybe about the same as a Lord of Change, although Lord of Change has the big wings. Uh, but just showing the size comparisons with like demonettes, it is just a a beautiful column of a model, serenely mm-hmm. striding forward. Uh, we've seen the alternate head, which is a little more bovine, a little more cow-like. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's going to have alternate loadouts. We've seen it. It can have a Two big crab claws, rending looking claw, and a sword, but there's an alternate with a shield and sword instead, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have already statted it up for D&D, uh, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went nuts with that one. Um, God, it's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. Uh, the mask is coming to plastic. She looks fantastic, beautiful, wonderful. This one took me by surprise. It's a uh, Silesk, the demon prince with a herald riding on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Uh, again, that guy gives me major like 300 vibes with Xerxes, I would yeah, say. Definitely. Yeah, he's just a big, beautiful, like perfect, graceful person. But he's a demon prince, so he's like five meters tall. <laughs> <laughs> God, and like, I feel like if this is what they're going for, they have really done a great job in terms of this aesthetic. Like, some people have complained they look a little too still, not dynamic enough. I feel part of that is like camera angles. They're trying to get the best yeah. possible shot, but a lot of the things are just striding gently forward. So it's hard to get that really capture that feeling with a single photograph instead of having the thing in front of you. But they didn't, they didn't go, Hey, we'll just put tits all over it. Uh, no offense. Uh, <laughs> they went, Slanesh is sensual and graceful and beautiful. And there is the implication, of course, that all of this is an illusion of some kind. Like, 
we know Keepers of Secrets are also these horrible cow demon things covered in chains and piercings and everything like that, but they can also look like this. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, also, sneak aside, I was reading Visuals of Blaze earlier, a Keeper of Secrets with a spear shows up, so I don't know if that's going to be the named character or something, because if so, if that kit has a awesome spear in it, that's incredible. Really, <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, now... We get new hosts, we get the invaders, the god seekers, and the pretenders, which basically equal out to the current kinds of hosts you could take, which were the pretenders, the seekers, and the, uh, the faithful, or whatever they call the ones who are just like, Slanesh is gone for now, but as long as we keep partying, they'll sl- they'll show up eventually. Uh, <laughs> um, so, hopefully the rules for that are tweaked a little. I really hope pretenders still get, like, like Slanesh is out. Slanesh is loose. So the people, the pretenders is basically the a host where the warlord says, "Hey, Slanesh isn't dead. I'm Slanesh. Look at me. Of course I am." Uh, and I really liked them because their thing is their warlord gets two warlord traits because they're trying to be so perfect to embody Slanesh and be Slanesh effectively. So I kind of hope that doesn't change, but I'll, I'll be interested to see how they balance it out. Things like that. Uh, they're getting some really cool endless spells. Uh, big hand holding a mirror. Uh, screaming head. <laughs> with tentacle <laughs> tongue things mm-hmm. um, they also have a really cool terrain piece uh, which was not officially announced but it was in the little trailer showing all the minis it is a giant Slanesh symbol uh, with like a portal in the circle part with the face of one of the new keepers of secrets slowly pushing out of it and it's mounted on like this oh, just bump my microphone mounted on like <laughs> this bed of gold and treasure and like stolen weapons and things like that which again Slanesh is about all kinds of excess, including just hoarding. It looks... Matthew, they look so good. I know. (laughs) Because obviously I know that this all got announced. I think I was... I think I was asleep when this all got oh, announced. Oh, yeah, no, they announced this at time zones. 10 a.m. my time while I was teaching. <laughs> yeah, and I bet you're like, look at this. I've got to finish teaching like, okay. this student really quickly, then on, onto the Twitter. Don't look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. <laughs> it's gorgeous. No, oh, it, it's amazing stuff. I, I said, like I said, I think I said to you at the time, I, this is sort of one of those releases where it's win-win because, oh, yeah. from my perspective, because it's one of those where I'll probably never collect them, but. Uh, not got anything against them, just probably no, never collect no. them. But I just, I'm, I'm so pleased for people like you and everyone mm. else that's mm. been waiting for this release. <sighs> and I think from what we've seen so far, they've really, really delivered. That keeper secrets oh, is, like I said, is amazing. And 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 it's it does the right thing because I'm looking at the keeper secret right now on, on mm. my screen, and it's one of those where you want to look at it, but you don't want to look at it. You know, yeah. it's that sort of weird yeah. like. Oh, I, my, I my mind doesn't know what to do with this. It's struggling <laughs> to process it all, and it's one of the, and that's the way it should be, you know, with oh, yeah. the, the sort of effect it's trying to convey. Um, I love, like I said, the the Xerxes demon prince. Um, mm. I, I love, like, just going back to it, I love the name Hedonites yeah. of Slanesh. I think that's so much better than hosts. Yeah, um, like hosts and, made sense. But now they're fully into it. They're the head knights now. Yeah, they they good. are. They are properly getting those glow sticks out now. Oh, and yeah. they're proper partying. And talking of partying, oh, I think my one of my favourite bits of this mm. is the reveal trailer. I oh, loved yes. that trailer. It it, so I've watched good. it so many times. Just <laughs> putting some dubstep on it, which oh, I know yeah. for some people's probably like, oh God, not some dubstep. But <laughs> it, it works so well. I oh, love yeah. the yeah. you know, you know, the have have you missed us? You know, yeah, we're back. Yeah. You know, it's just like yes, yeah. and that I 
it almost feels like it should be compulsory going forward. It should be in the battle tome that whenever you 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 know you deploy your head and arse oh, yeah. nest, you have you to play that track. Yeah, <laughs> you have to give it a minute oh, and, just, and play it to your opponent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they'll be coming soon. There is. They showed off all the demon models effectively, which I'm assuming they did because they wanted to hype up Age of Sigma and 40k, because presumably these guys will all be inter- interchangeable except for the endless spells. Uh, there's mm-hmm. one thing I really want to see more is, um, I want a new Slaneshi models unit on foot to basically bring them up to all the other Chaos Gods, because like Zinch, you have disciples on foot, Zangors on discs, you have a cavalry, you have an infantry, Corn, you have blood warriors on foot, blood warriors on juggernauts. Infantry and Cavalry, Nogu, we've got Blight Kings on foot, Blight Kings on drones, Infantry and Cavalry. Slanesh has Hellstriders, which is the mortal cavalry, but they don't have a specific mortal infantry unit. And I will be sad if there isn't one, but I will immediately just pick up the Kyric Acolytes from Zinch, because they've got the perfect bods, and just, like, start Slaneshing them up for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, because no, uh, I think pe- some people are getting worried about the Slaneshing mortals, because like, yeah. people are going, they've not announced them, so we may not be getting them. I, I think I think you they gotta. will be. I think they'll be. They've yeah, got to have be the weird Chaos Warrior equivalent, because, like, every other faction has them, basically. Although, yep. for Zinch, it's like Zangor's. But apart from that, uh, <laughs> I mean, even no. if it was like Slangors would be cool. Get a new breed of beastmen back in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I that's mean, very I mean, slanesh f- with like the cow exactly. and everything. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, I mean, there's people talking about getting your um, yeah, like I said, your your Zinch acolytes and mm. and you know doing them up because obviously they they got quite bare bodies anyway, mm. so they'd be quite yeah. fitting. But now it would be strange if they didn't have a mortals unit yeah. i think i think it's safe to say they're just you know we we don't know exactly when this is coming out i think probably, probably I'm, I'm gonna a few months out at least so. yeah 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 and and i definitely 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 want to discuss the law of the battle oh, yeah. time when it comes oh, out listen, we will we're definitely getting do that. An even if it yeah. releases the day we record we're getting that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly that yeah, episode no, we, is we will 100 cover it no yep mm. Cool. Right. Okay. Um, we'll save the Sanesh gushing for another when time. we see more. <laughs> so we'll quickly move on to the Her- Horus Heresy. Uh, again, very quick stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can now buy book eight, which is Malevolence nice. of you know the big black fancy books mm-hmm. that you can get. So that's all like Blood Angels and White Scars and yeah, uh, yeah. and probably another one which I can't think of, but they're, uh, they're definitely some, mentioned. Some Trader Legion of some kind, probably. Yeah. Uh, who, who knows? Uh, would it be Night Lords? They did just get all the stuff. Yeah. I think it, it might be Night Lords. I, I, yeah. I can't remember. I, it, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely yeah. those two anyway. Yeah. So, um, and talk, talking of those, you can get their models as well. Mm, no? Yeah. New sort of yeah, stuff. You've got the, crim- so the, the Crimson Paladins and the mm-hmm. White Scar Praetor and New Dreadnought. So if you're yeah. interested in that, Forge yeah. World has got you. Yeah. Um, Warhammer Horror, the books are out. Uh, they seem pretty cool. I will be digging into them eventually. I know you've been dipping your toes in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, that's all. That's all I can say about that. Is they are out. Yeah, go go yep. check them out. Um, Fifty Shelves of Grey was a very good video. The community team continues to outdo <laughs> themselves. Uh, of a very particular interest uh shows off shelves and shelves of unpainted seraphon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is then? I think it's going to be an airbrush, because uh, mm-hmm. as an aside, as part of this, uh, there was 
in in this month's White Dwarf, there was a big section on painting for the Horus Heresy, and I know Forge World is a little more like, yeah, use airbrushes, whatever, but almost all the models had at least two or three steps involving using an airbrush. And I feel like Games Workshop usually doesn't push something they can't provide, so I have a feeling they're probably going to do an airbrush. They've done it before. Apparently it wasn't very good. All I remember was shaped like a hand flamer. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I feel it's probably an airbrush, which is cool. Um, don't know yeah. if they'll be able to compete in that market, but I'm sure someone will buy it. Uh. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think an airbrush airbrush is very likely. I I think I mentioned on Discord it could have been it could be like an like a hybrid between a rattle can and an airbrush, like one of those sort oh, that'd of be cool. yeah. you know where you sort of like an in between, you know, where mm. like a, like almost like an all weathers rattle can. Because that's the problem good. with rattle cans; you're very Please. dependent on weather and location, yeah. and, God. and things like that. So. Mm. don't know very interesting to see what that, and i actually showed that trailer to my wife as well i thought mm. i thought you would appreciate this you, you yeah. love those films i've they're never seen funny. them but you love them no that's fine i'll <laughs> I, I wasn't i'll uh, i'll get i'll stick to watching my uh sci-fi and fantasy films yeah that's <laughs> probably for the best that's probably for the yeah. best um and hey guess what we got a we got a brand new logo to celebrate ourselves question mm. mark uh, so it's yeah, it's, it's it's an eagle and a hammer, and now they're best friends. Yeah, yay, yay! New Warmer logo. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I breathed a sigh of relief when I went. Okay, cool. We don't. We look. We look slightly less fascist now, uh, which I'm. I'm all <laughs> yeah. for. Honestly, like the Achilla is really cool. Don't get me wrong. It has some uh, some difficult historical backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, that. true. Uh, we'll let that lie. Uh, it's probably part of why they changed it, but. Oh, also, there's really a new life in the hobby these days. I feel so. Why not have a new logo to yeah. represent how revitalized yeah. everything feels? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's good, and it's good to be sort of in the hobby while this is happening. It sort of feels mm. like you know it's bringing, like we were saying, you know, in the hobby section earlier that it's sort of bring. You know, we got a great community here. Let's let's bring everyone mm. together. Let's freshen it up. Let's you know. And there's been a lot of you know, especially on Twitter that there's been a lot of really nice words that people have said about the community in general, like, you know, yeah. using the logo as a, you know, say like, you know, I've been in this hobby for X amount of years and all the people I've met and stuff. So, you know, yeah. it just shows that, you know, what, what this hobby, you know, what this hobby and what this community means to people. It's fantastic. Mm. And, uh, right. The last bit of news is, well, it's to do with black library. Um, so what they've done is, and I noticed this a while ago, I was, I noticed that the Black Library coming soon page on the Black Library website had disappeared. I was thinking, hang on, this is what I <laughs> this is what I get excited about. Um, mm. And basically, they've announced the last few days that they've moved it over to the Warhammer community page, so it'll have its own dedicated uh, page on there. And they've shown off two new novels that have been announced. One is mm-hmm. Gloom Spite, um, yep. which I think is Andy Clark. I think he's yes. doing this one. Yeah, which cool. Looking that sounds that. very yeah yeah um and the other one they've announced is the hollow mountain which, which is the really looking forward to <laughs> <laughs> which is by uh chris rate and he that's the next novel in the vaults of terror series so that yeah. was the uh carrion empire uh carrion throne throne yeah. even yeah I've, I've been um, waiting for this one for a while because i read that Last time I was in the UK, I picked that up from a book from a Games Workshop store and read Carrion Throne, and I've been waiting for a sequel ever since. Finally, and it's on the way. It's on the way. Hooray! <laughs> so yeah, so that's been and obviously it's shown off a few more that are coming later this year. One particularly I'm looking forward to is um, 
was it uh, was it Spears of the Empire? The mm. um, that uh, new or yes. unknown uh, faction or Primaris? Are they Primaris yeah. or are they just normal Marines? I believe the one... they are anyway. Primaris chapter, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but they want it's written by ADB, so yeah. it'll be fantastic, no doubt. Oh, so that's uh, that's on the way as well. So that's really cool. So yeah, that's all the news. Ooh. We've had a. A Big good amount section. to get through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're finally caught up. So we'll uh, take our next little break now. And then when we return, we're going to make a journey to Shadespire. Or are we oh. back soon? And we're back. It's main law topic time. We're talking about Shadespire. We're going to go on a little journey. Yeah. To a very... Yeah, across a desert. Yeah, and we're going to a very eventful place, this Shadespire. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about the novel Shadespire: The Mirrored City. This is by Josh Reynolds, obviously yep. a very favourite author of mm-hmm. myself and Cameron. You know, um, it's quality. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you do. So yeah, it's it's. We thought we'd cover this because I mean, well, a because we thought it looked like it'd be an interesting one to cover, but also I mm. think because. You know, we know obviously Shadespire from the Warhammer Underworlds game, but you know the actual law behind it is, yeah. you know, not I wouldn't say minimal, but there's you know there's only so much out there. So yeah, um, it was actually good to I w- delve I would in. Go, I would go so far as to say I knew basically nothing about the actual setting of Shadespire besides it was in <laughs> Shaiish and Nagash did <laughs> yeah. something bad to it. Um, <laughs> he did, didn't he? Oh, he's a bad, bad <laughs> boy. Find out what. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, before we go any further, spoilers warning. Realm and yeah. Ruin spoilers warning. Do, oh, do, yeah. do, do. As always, obviously, if you want to read this novel, we're going to cover, you know, we're not going to cover the whole book, obviously, but we are going to mm. talk about certain details. The so, the important Exactly. Points. Yep. So, you know, if you want to come back at another time, feel yeah. free to do so. Go read it. So, I. Yeah, go read it because it's damn good. Spoil- mm. That's a spoiler in itself. Yeah, it's, well, uh, it's a good book. <laughs> so, right, I'll uh, read the back of the book as always mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about our thoughts on it. So, let's start. Shadespire. Throughout the realm of death, the name is but a tremble upon the lips of fools who utter it. Once a glittering metropolis, its soaring towers and palaces of glass pierced the feneral skies of the underworld a bold testament to mortal enterprise. Now all that remains of the city is its withered husk, and those who speak of it do so at their peril, for it is a place of damnation, a shadow in the desert that echoes with a howl of wretched souls. Doomed to wander this endless purgatory are the citizens of Shadespire, a punishment for their crime against the god of death himself. Such was the severity of their offence that Nagash's curse was one of cruel and twisted artistry, and all that was once glorified about the city has become a perver- perverse reflection of itself. In streets swathed in fog lurks every horror of death's creation, and a darkness has settled within every heart. But there are still those who will brave its ruins. Ex-Free Guild soldier Seguin Reynard ventures forth in search of his fortune, and he is not alone. While Sigmar's heroes seek to unsnarl this labyrinthine nightmare, hordes of chaos revel in its madness. But whether compelled by duty or the lure of ancient treasure, the same fate is promised to all. This is a hell of madmen and monsters. And for those who dare enter, there is no turning back. 
Right. Okay. Mm. Yes. Well, that's quite a long bit to the back of the book, I must admit. It's um, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, like when you listen, when you you know listen to that, you think, what, what was going on? And I think that sort of mm. almost sums up the book in, <laughs> in a way because there's, there's uh, a lot of intrigue and mystery and a lot going on. Um, mm. So, first of all, though, Cameron, tell me what you thought in general about it. I really liked this. Uh, in particular, like I said earlier, I knew basically nothing about Shade Spire as a place, except for it was initially in Shade, then Nagash did something to it. Um, <laughs> this book <laughs> really goes into depth about what Shade Spire is and how it ended up like that and kind of what what's going on. Uh, I, I like the idea that, that Shade Spire is still a physical place in Shaiish. Like, you can go to Shade Spire. There's not much going on there. Uh, there's a few treasure hunters and a few bandits and stuff, but apart from that, it's basically empty. But then you get to go to the real Shade Spire. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I, I like that sort of exploration of Shade Spire is basically just a massive prison that Nagash built. It's like, hey, you guys are, you guys are not being very nice in your, uh, worship of Nagash. Uh, do better. By do better, I mean unlocking <laughs> your way for eternity inside the reflection of your city. Not the actual city, just the reflection. Just keep making all this glass <laughs> everywhere. So, uh, basically, it's a good book. It's a lot of fun. I like the characters. Uh, there are, there are a lot of characters in this one. I like how they all interact with each other. Uh, I like the sort of twist that comes near the end. Um, I gotta say, my favorite character was definitely Isengrim, the, uh, the Blood mm-hmm. Reaver guy. Um, yep. I'm gonna put this out here. A lot of times, Chaos characters are written as, oh, Chaos, corn, blood and skulls, and that's fine. Sure, whatever. But this guy has a lot of depth, and he has actual, like, character growth throughout the book, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and my favorite bit is this, like, really seemingly non-inconsequential bit near the end where he's been working with a bunch of people trying to hunt down the main character of the book, effectively. Uh, and one of the people he's been working with is the leader of a Nagash-worshipping death cult, basically. <laughs> and, you know, they're about to go into the final battle and, um, you know, the death cult leader's like, hey, I hope you find the skull that Korn wants you to find today. And he's like, of course I will. Corn's the best, whatever. But, you know, uh, oh, by the way, j- dude, the main Nagash lead you to where you need to go, whatever, and makes that, like, little, that little, like, uh, I'm not sure what the exact word would be, concession, I feel. That little concession mm. towards another person's actual religion. Like, yeah. Yeah. and, like, initially he couldn't stand the guy, because it's just this weird little human who paints a skull on his face with ash and keeps going on about how he's going to die at just the right moment, etc., etc., um... <laughs> But, you know, they work together, they grow to know each other, and, like, again, corn worshippers are not insane. They have taken a logical route, given the, th- given the fact that corn exists. Like, <laughs> if you want to survive, if you want power in a world where power means you literally will survive and grow and, you know, gain wealth and authority and everything like that, why not worship corn? There is, there is a yeah. reason. He has cultural reasons as well. You know, he's brought up into it, literally. Um... But like, it's not it's not a whole bunch of chaos nut jobs. It is these are people. They have they have tribal cultures. They have societal cultures. They have they understand that they have a religion that is not the only religion. Like they they are able to feel and make concessions to other people's beliefs and things like that. And just that one little moment, it's like it's like 
three lines of dialogue all up. It was like, that was so good. I love mm. that bit so much. It's my yeah. favorite bit of the entire book, and the book has so many other good things in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not wrong. It's it's a it's a very different novel, I think, compared to some mm. of the other ones you can read, and obviously some of the ones that we've spoken about. It's for sort of, sort of context for people. It's written often. Well, it's written in the format that basically every chapter is based around the two main characters, which is mm. Raynar, who's basically an ex free guilds deserter. Um, and Eisengrim that obviously Cameron mentioned, who's a blood reaver that's there to try and kill Raynar mm. because Corn yeah. has told him to. Yeah. Basically. I and need the coward's skull. <laughs> as I, yeah, which gets referenced quite a lot. Mm. Uh, the, to me, the best character, I would say, is Shadespire itself. I think Shadespire is, yeah. is, uh, <laughs> is a fantastic character in itself. I know that sounds a weird expression, but mm. the level of detail that that it goes into about Shakespeare is amazing. Um, we'll cover a few things, but yeah. I would recommend, I know it sounds a bit of a cop out, but I think to fully understand Shakespeare, you need to read the novel. I think, because oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's a very um, confusing at times. I don't, I don't mean mm. the way it's written. I mean, no. I think it's just, it's one of those books where you can, ironically, you can get quite lost in it in mm. the sense that, mm. That obviously that's the whole purpose. Shakespeare is a very confusing place as a as a you know as a location, and yeah. obviously it, the novel often reflects that. Where you're like, wait a minute, what's going on again? Who's that? Or where I thought they died back here? Why? The, you know what, what's going on now? And it's because of the you know mm. the timey wiminess of yeah. Shakespeare and things like that. So uh, again, to put some more context on things, uh, Shakespeare is like Cameron said earlier. It's almost effectively two two cities it's but like i said one is a reflection a mirror image as such of the other so on top you've got ruins and then sort of almost below not literally but you know dimensionally below dimensionally below (laughs) you've got the like i said the the true city of shadespire so if you like i said you imagine on top it's a load of ruins that you know of an abandoned city basically and down below is a very twisted time-bent physically mm. bent you know and that yeah. gets referenced a lot during this novel that Shakespeare is literally you know warping in its, on itself it's going backwards on itself you've got mm. corridors and streets that are going to places that don't make any sense you know it's yeah. a very yeah if i had an, if i had to describe it it's very aos yes, <laughs> to be honest absolutely you know it's uh, everything that you've seen or ever heard about aos from a law perspective of you know you know, as we always say, the rules are out. You know, we can do what we want with the place. It is Shakespeare personifies that. You know, oh, as yeah. a, as a location, it's like it, if something can happen there, it will. You know, any oh, nothing yeah. makes sense, yeah. but then everything makes sense. It's that oh, sort yeah. of weird dichotomy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's really good about it is the fact you do see the different perspective of these two characters. Um, mm. So you know, they one is very focused. Obviously, Eyes and Grim. He's there to. Yeah. You know, to kill Raynar. That's all he cares about. He cares about nothing. He he gets mm. dragged into the politics of yeah. Shadespire and all the all the factions and people that are, are there. But at the same time, you know, he's only got one thing that he wants to do. Whereas in com- mm. in it, Raynar, I mean, I suppose he's focused in the sense he just wants to get out because yeah. it is like like you said earlier, it's effectively a prison that's yeah um, that's happened and 
you know, but he, again, he gets very dragged into the politics of it and mm. ends up going a route he probably wasn't expecting. No. Um, so, yeah. So how did you feel about all these different little characters that happen in this? Do you, do you feel, cause obviously there is quite a lot of them um, mm. compared to some other novels. Did you feel yeah. it gave a, ref- <laughs> no pun intended. Did you feel it gave a reflection of, uh, of uh, what Shakespeare is all about? I think so. Like um, we see, I don't say I don't want to say we see a lot of the war bands in the actual game, but we see members of a fair few of them. Uh, for example, yep. we see Iron Skull, the leader of Iron Skull's boys. Uh, we see Severin, Angerad, and Oberyn, who are the three original Stormcast from the first team uh, that yep. came out with the start of the game. Uh, we don't meet any of the corn ones specifically. Uh, we don't, we, I think we meet the Skaven technically, although it's never specified that yeah. it's the one, it never specified that it's Vretch or any of Vretch's specific subordinates. Uh, we obviously don't see any of the newer teams because this was written a while before they were a thing. Um, I know, I, I like how many characters there are because it makes Shadespire feel alive because when the at the start of the novel when Raynar and one of his friends are sort of in the actual ruins, the physical location in the real world, quote unquote real world, of shit uh that Shadespire is in, it's basically completely abandoned except for them and Isengrim. Like there's no one mm-hmm. here. It's a dead place. The second you get drawn through that glass into the twisted reflection that is Shadespire proper, I mean, everything there is dead, but it is at the same time so full of life. Like there are I feel like all these little incidental characters really sell the feeling that Shadespire has been trapping people for centuries. And if you get trapped there, you don't die. So, of course, everyone who's trapped there is still there. And, like, it allows for a lot of interesting setups with Raynar. He interacts with a lot of different people. He interacts with Stormcast, Fire Slayers, uh, Free Guilders of various descriptions, other cell swords, uh, a sorceress. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, I think at some point he talks to an elf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> uh a wanderer actually technically i think from the description yeah. he had like the the wanderer style scale mail and stuff um mm-hmm. it 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 gives it this sort of uh this i'm not saying this veneer of real life diversity but like it feels like a real lived in place despite the fact that everyone in there is dead um <laughs> <laughs> and like it, it makes it much more interesting from a plot point because Raynar forms these relationships with all these people. Isengrim forms these relationships with slightly fewer people, but still a fair number of them. And the big thing is, if they betray someone, if they stick up for someone, and that person dies, either way, they will be back eventually, and they will remember what happened, presumably. Mm. Uh, You can occasionally forget, apparently, but most of the times people remember. Uh, I really want a sequel sequel novel where Utrecht shows up. Uh, who yeah. is Raynar's initial companion who died basically the instant they got into Shadespire proper but <laughs> he's he's out there somewhere he, yeah. he exists somewhere in Shadespire yeah um I don't and if it, it it sold a lot of it for me because like the things that happen have consequences for everyone in Shadespire and like if it was just oh this happened and Raynar feels this way about it wouldn't be so big but it's like this this happened and because of this this side character who we talked about a little is dead and her lover is mourning her because although she will come back, she might not be the same person. She might have come back 300 years in the past or 300 years yep. in the future. They might never see each other again. And it adds that, that verisimilitude of like, it's a big place. Lots of people. I feel like I'm saying the same points over and over, but I'm trying to express because there's this, this sense of 
wrongness about it all as well. Like, yeah. these people shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be working together like this, but they are because they have to. Because Shakespeare yeah. is really weird, uh, yeah. which is great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it, it is very difficult to explain. That's why I was saying earlier why I think people just need to read it to actually probably understand some of the context of some of the things that we're saying. I think mm. the fact that, you've, like you said, you've got these very random people put together working together um because they that's how they sort of survive but when you say survive survive is a very weird term in that Mm. sense because like you said people don't truly die here but that is the whole point of it and again for context that is why shadespire is the way it is um Mm. basically the uh, the occupants of shadespire prior to what nagash did uh, which is highlighted by the, uh, the what's known as the the cataphranes. They're basically mm. the elite class, you know, from a from a class system uh, yeah. of Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, basically, were you know they were using uh, was it realm was it realm stone and basically yeah. turning it into shade glass and basically mm. they were using the shade glass to store their souls. And obviously, yeah. Nagash doesn't like that because as no. as we know, people <laughs> like taking souls away from him in, in mm. the US. Everyone you know, whether it's Sigma. It. Yeah, and he's like, God, God damn it. Why does everyone keep nicking souls off me? I, they're all mine. So yeah. obviously he finds out that that's what they're doing. So basically when the cataphrane and other occupants are basically dying, they're rather than their soul going to him, they're being, you know, basically stored, stored in, in, mirrors. These, in yeah. mirrors. So obviously he's like, right, okay. And Nagash being Nagash, we know what he's like. We know he's he's, he's, mm. he's he can be a nasty bastard when he wants to be <laughs> because he's because I suppose to be fair to him, he probably he's one of those where he's tired of people just screwing him over, like just yeah. taking away what he's entitled to. Oh yeah. So so like, this what is, he does. This is especially poignant. It's in his realm. These are his people. They know they yes. worship Nagash in this city. And yet they're still going, oh, but when Grandpa dies, we don't want to lose Grandpa. So Grandpa can stay in the drawing room mirror after Grandpa dies, and he can still give me my piano lessons. And Agash is like, I need a piano lessons. Yeah. Why don't I get Grandpa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. yeah. That's, no, that's yeah. a very good point. And, and it, mm. I think what I like about the situation with Shay Spy is the fact that he's rather than just going, right, okay, I'm going to tear the place up and take all mm. your souls. He's like, no, no, okay, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want me to have your souls, so you can stay here, but you can stay here trapped forever. So basically, mm. this reflection of Shadespire that we're talking about, you know, again, from a dimensional point of view, is basically stuck between the realms of Ulgu and Haish, so the yeah. realms of light it's and right shadow. They're literally Slanesh. stuck in... Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, very, very similar. It's, it, they're, it's, they're basically stuck in a, another, like a version of Purgatory, basically, mm. where they're sort of yeah. stuck in limbo, where where their their fate and their punishment is that they can't die, which obviously, yeah. you know, sounds, oh, that's great, you're immortal, but you're immortal in a, in a weird place that you can never get out of. So mm. you might as well be, you know, you'd rather be dead, but you can't yeah. die. So yeah. it's, it's And there's, there's like nagash. the trade-off there as well, because if you die, your body comes back whole in a random place in Shadespire, but you might be centuries away from where you first came out, yep. uh, first came in, where you first died. Uh, you could be far away from everyone you ever knew. You might never find them again. You might not remember them. But if you live and don't die, uh, and this is what happens to a lot of the original inhabitants of the city, they're called the petitioners throughout the book, um, mm-hmm. if you live and don't die, your body still decays after a certain point of time, 
And so you slowly become more and more of like a ghoul, then a, then a zombie, then a skeleton, but you're still you. You're just mm-hmm. slowly losing your flesh, and eventually you lose all your flesh, and the sepulchral warden, who is the leader of another Shadespire team, uh, yeah. who is Nagash's sort of personal herald in Shadespire, says, okay, you're good enough now, work with me, and uh, in, when everyone's like you, Nagash will let us all out. <laughs> yeah yeah which is sort of yeah which is sort of probably never going to happen it's like it, yeah it's, no. it's f- false hope is a big thing in this mm. novel and the big thing in shade spire you've got you know e- even down to the storm cast to your, like i said your fire slayers that are around they're all trying to survive all trying to push mm. to a point where they can get out i mean one overarching thing that happens is and and is quite a big thing is the two cataphrans that are that are present well, there's there's more of them, but there's two yeah. main ones that are referenced, which is uh, uh, was it Sadala? Sadala, yeah. I think Sadia that's probably the and, and Mikesh, which are basically cousins, I think, uh, mm. from memory. Yeah, and basically they are almost creating two separate armies to sort mm. of you know be against each other. But for context, these you know these cataphranes who whose souls are basically trapped in the mirrors and that's how they talk they literally mm. communicate to you know yeah. to everyone stuck there via mirrors uh, mm. which is quite an interesting thing i think from a from a writing perspective it must have been quite interesting for josh oh, to yeah. actually yeah. Uh, write about that because obviously you've got literally where they they're they're like projecting themselves over all this broken mm. you know shade glass you know you've imagined yeah. it's just like a shattered picture basically mm. and the, you know, the, you've got so much politics in here where, you know, they're, you know, so from, from her side, you've got, you know, the Stormcaster on her side and, you know, all the, a lot of the Order factions are generally there. And that's obviously where Raynar gets involved. And then obviously from Makesh's mm. side, it's more of the, uh, you know, the undead, you know, from like I said, the Sepulchral Warden and, and, and yeah. characters like that. And obviously that's where Isengrim gets involved and, and, and a very interesting character called, uh, Zuvas, who's, mm. um, probably arguably one of the most interesting characters oh, yeah. all the way through it what well, was your thoughts a, on him well because he's a chaos warrior that serves an unknown god like, yes they they go out of the way to go yes it's an unknown god no it's pretty much definitely not slanesh even though it's the right space for it etc it feel it feels mm-hmm. like it could be slanesh yep. like they never clearly describe the amulet it's got a lot of walls and curves to it uh, and, you know, he's like, I serve a god that no one really thinks about. And Isengrim is like, so you serve the vermin god? Is like, no, no, I don't serve any of the main five. So pretty sure yep. it's not Slanesh. But uh, the implication, I'm going to go out on a branch here. The implication is that he is Raynar from further along in the story, I would say. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, I think getting... that's what that was the conclusion I came up with. Yeah, yeah, because yep. he said, Zuvas says, I should say, I died once. And then I was reincarnated in Shadespire during Nagash's initial transformation of the city, which Mm -hmm. is, you got thrown like 300 years back into the past, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. By dying once. And that makes Zuvas really interesting because he has this big overarching plan for like the whole book, but he's trying to remember how it went the first time round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty great. Um, and, you know, he's, like, calling Isengrim his friend and everything. Like, I was like, what the hell are you... I, I've never talked to you before. I'm not your yeah, friend. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, why are you called Isengrimmer the Red Reef? It seems weird for you to be called that when I only ever knew you in a desert. And he's like, what are you talking? We were never in the desert together. It's desert, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure, totally. Uh, but I mean, I can imagine, like, on the way to Shadespire, the ruins, like, cause Isengrimmer's been chasing Raynar for ages, just running through the desert is like, I'm Isengrimmer of the Red Reef, stand and face me, coward. And Raynar just keeps running. He's like, who the hell calls himself the Red Reef in a desert? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but like, it's, it's, it's so good. Yeah. He's, he's like muddling through things because he mostly remembers how they work, but his biggest difficulty is convincing Raynar of the truth and that, you know, he needs to do this and that and things like that. Ah, and he's cool. I really want to know what Chaos God it is. Part of me is like, could be Malal even. Well, I, if, well, I, I, the, the, I think the, sort of biggest mm. sort of theory is that from he's the god uh zuvarsin he's actually Ooh. the god zuvarsin who is i think is basically um can i ask either uh, my old lore is a mm. bit sketchy but i think he's either he, he either is malal or is another god very like malal yeah, um, yeah. from memory so yeah that's why he's called zuvas because he's supposed okay. to be a, a cool. play on zuvarsin who's a, mm. like a trickster god basically okay, yeah, yeah which fits um, the helmet which is a big actually green, sorry no t- helmet, sorry so. exactly tell a lie no it's not malal but it's you know it's on that sort of realm so yeah yeah zuvasin mm. is a rogue chaos god who under who undoes the plans of any being chaos or not including zinch so he likes uh, sort of unraveling things to yeah. basically piss off the other gods <laughs> and that's why it's heavily implied that zuva that um that zuvas is you know uh, either the god or worshipper of that god. Mm. That's where it, yeah. that's where it basically comes in. Okay. So so which is yeah you know quite interesting really. Mm. But again, yeah. it's all it's one of those sort of chaos un, you know chaos neutral sort of gods yeah. basically. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, it's 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 fascinating. It is absolutely mm. fascinating where they where they yeah. get these connections. And actually, going back to what you were saying about him being Raynar, is the mm. fact that also if you, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a few times where they suggest that he's they fight the same. Where he looks at yeah. Zubas fighting yeah. his style, it's like oh, that's like Raynar, where he's he's very um, efficient with his fighting. Yeah. He doesn't like overextend mm. himself at any point, and yeah. I. And I think Zuvas is a fantastic character because he's a chaos warrior, but he's very sort of chirpy in a way. Mm. He comes across very mm. sort of like, oh, yeah, friend, don't worry, just come down here. This is going to happen. Oh, yeah. watch your yeah. step over there. Like, you know, mm. like he's sort of predicting what's going to happen, but he's very sort of jovial, whereas obviously in, in contrast mm. to Isengrim, who is just like, I just want to skull for the for the skull god. <laughs> That's all blood, I want to do. I need some skulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, um, it's those like little character interactions I really, really like. There's that point late in the book where Zuvas has caught up to Raynar and is like talking to him about things like, this is what we need to do, basically, for, mm-hmm. for us to survive. And he, he does start speaking of them as almost the same entity in terms of how he uses pronouns and things, which is another clue there. He's like, for us to survive, we need to do this. Sadila Sedil- is tricking you, all that kind of stuff. You need to work out that. Um, but there's just one point where he goes to the, he obviously feels he needs to convince Raynar more. So he goes to take off his helmet and Raynar just goes, just, just don't. Just don't, like, yeah. don't bother. <laughs> and then Zavas is like, yeah, no, that's fair. I also said the same thing when it, when it was my turn, which again, they're, they're the same person, but like, I like the implication that this is a proper loop they formed. Like, mm-hmm. the, yeah. it, it's, it's not a paradoxical loop. Like, he was Raynar, he met Zuvas, 
got sent back into the past, became Zuvasa. Zuvasa's always existed. Um, but the idea, I feel, should be that the next novel, hopefully there's another one coming, will be, we don't see Raynar ever again. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Zuvas from the end point of this novel going forwards, because that's the bit that's outside the loop. Yes. Once yeah. Raynar dies or becomes Zuvas, then dies and gets sent back to the start of Shadespire, that bit's all predetermined now. He has to come back to this point, do this whole novel, and then what happens next is the interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're familiar with films like Inception and and things like that, you know, with like dreams within dreams and Mm. it's, I mean, it's not about that, but it's got that very much like, you know, that it's all about, and and Looper and things in movies like that. It's very similar to that where it's sort of, where I think it even says that people can end up meeting themselves, can't they? Yeah. Where they're sort of, but they can make, they can meet like a different time version of them that's Mm. just been wandering along and you know and such like so i i you know that i mean the the sort of uh what you could do with that is amazing like mm. you know from a from oh, a yeah. law perspective you could and sort of well this book reflects that but like i said there's there's definitely room for further novels mm. um yeah one thing i wanted to ask you was um sort of slightly going off topic here is mm. what did you think of Raynar's hatred of stormcast eternals uh, I feel it is very reasonable and that a lot of soldiers probably share the same feelings, but don't want to speak up about it. Uh, like, it makes sense that not everyone loves the Stormcast. They are, honestly, I'm going to be honest here, they are real creepy. <laughs> They're these <laughs> big, massively armored demigods. They wear blank face masks. Uh, half of them leak lightning when they bleed, or they have <laughs> light coming out of their armor joints, or, hey, that guy used to be a chaos warrior. What? What? Why is he on a, what the, why work with this, etc. Uh, there's all these reasons that normal people would distrust and fear Stormcast, and in the words of Yoda, fear turns to hate, hate turns to fear, whatever, etc. Uh, comes suffering, oh, like, it is, really easy to see and understand especially through how well Raynar's written like why he came to this conclusion that Stormcast are awful things like yeah, they have every chance every time they die sure they die they get reforged it's a long and difficult process but they will come back if this exists why why would he be forced to march out into the front line with a sword and shield and risk getting stabbed just so their Sigmarite doesn't get dented like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a lot of the times it's like that. We need to keep the stormcast in reserve for the, when the heavier assault begins, which is code for send the free guild out first to weather the worst of the initial fire, yeah, and then we'll send the stormcast. Like if they die, they come back. It's fine. And we know it's not that simple. Of course, we've seen no in uh, in the Soul Wars book, for example, that there's always a chance something goes wrong. Uh, we know after the Necroquake, there are a whole bunch of things out there that will just eat Stormcast souls and they will never come back. Um, but like, a- as a basic infantryman, in Age of Sigma, we have to face awful, horrible things every battle. Like, you know, what, what are we doing? Oh, well, you know, we're just fighting some dwarves because they're trying to take over our territory. Cool. Is that a 20-foot-long, acid-spewing, fa- flame-breathing dragon thing? With a dwarf on its back. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to fight that. Send in the Stormcast. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like sol- soldiering is a job, but it's an awful job, especially in like a medieval-esque setting where, you know, you're going to get stabbed if you're doing your job right. <laughs> like, why risk it when there are basically the, the, the equivalent of Space Marines? Big, well-armored, super powerful, mm-hmm. you know, can lose an arm and keep fighting. Why, why should I risk myself when these guys are here? 
Yeah. That is very exactly. easy to see yeah, why that turned very quickly to dislike and hatred because then they go about spouting like, you know, the much is asked of those to whom much is given and it's like, you know, you gotta be the best. I'm like, of course you can be the best. You're literally made to be the best. I'm me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's all right for you to say that. You're 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 the one in Sigma right and uh, mm. can come back from the dead. So like, yeah, I can. <laughs> and it, I, and I suppose it reinforces Raynar's survival aspect mm. to him because obviously what a key thing of his personality throughout the whole novel is the fact he's he's a survivor. You know that's yeah. why obviously he gets frowned upon for being a deserter from the free mm. guilds and obviously basically becomes a a looter of the yeah. uh, you know of ruins and things like that mm. but i suppose from his perspective he's like why wouldn't i like, yeah. like you were sort of saying yeah. cameron why 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 would i stick around what well, i stick around so i can just die just to be mm. fodder for the stormcast eternals you know why yeah. would i do that you know and yeah. i love the fact he questions sigmar as well right mm. in front of um of the Stormcast Eternals, yeah. I think is it, is it Angerad, I think her name is. Yeah. Um yeah. where he you know, he sort of says to her, like, I you know, I don't think Sigma knows as much as he's doing as you think he does and you know, and obviously mm. to her it's like blasphemy and it's like you know, understandably. Yeah. But you know, from Raynar's perspective, he's thinking, Well, I do think he does know what he's doing. He's you know, or, or mm. he does know what he's doing, but why should I worship him? Because he's yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. he's Okay, one one side could say, "Well, you're sending in the stormcast to help us." Hooray! Thank you. Where mm. it's like, "Yeah, but you're happy for me to die as a free guild soldier, mm. you know, just to get the job done, and yeah. I don't come back." Yeah. <laughs> so, no. what, what's in it for me? I don't understand mm. this, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I I I think it's great, and I think it's great to see because I from any of the other books that I've read, it's nice to see them you know criticizing the stormcast you know and actually mm. questioning because again like you said when you talk about soul wars obviously there's moments where there's free guild teaming up with stormcast mm. and obviously the free guild are acting like you would expect them to like oh yeah, yes okay yeah we'll do what you say you know just sort of like you know the yeah. whole like i said yeah. imperial guard and space marines in 40k mm. And it's nice. He's like, no, sod it. I'm going to tell you what I think, you know. And they'll say, no, no, don't, don't, don't piss them off, you know. And he's like, no, I'm going to say this to them. You, yeah, you, yeah. You know, you guys have got it easy, so don't judge me for it. And I think it's fantastic. Mm. And it also yeah. sums up his character because he is a character mm. that's very, um, yeah, you know, very headstrong at times, and yeah. obviously, you know, it explains a lot at times. Mm. So yeah, I think that was yeah. a, it, it really, really interesting sort of yeah. something that didn't that didn't have to be there you know from because mm. it doesn't yeah. really have any connection to shades yeah. as such but it's a, a nice again another little world building you know expanded yeah. on the, on the yeah. aos law yeah side and of things like, like he's seen a lot like is why he's like this he's seen a lot like he um again little little law snippets just tossed in there that i really want to see full novels of um he mentions almost offhandedly, like, he knows entire villages where every able-bodied man sold everything they had to buy arms and armor to go join the Free Guild and do their best to die valiantly in battle for yeah. Sigma because they were faithful and they yeah. believe that we're faithful, we want to serve Sigma, Sigma needs more Stormcast, like, he can always use more, so we'll sell everything we own, they're basically fanatics, we'll sell everything we own, we'll go fight <laughs> in the Free Guild and when we die, Sigma will reforge us. And yeah. Reynard says... As far as I've heard, none of them have ever been chosen for reforging. <laughs> like, these are the most faithful people. Like, sure, some of them are maybe going, yeah, I'll get to live forever and what. But a lot of them are just going, yeah, this is the best possible way to help Sigma is to fight in the free guild. And then when I die, he can turn me into a Stormcast. 
And as far as Reynard can tell, Sigmar is looking at every single one of these faithful, at, at a, like adoring people and going, you're not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you were not enough despite, you know, your faith, your heroism. You're probably honestly a bit nuts to do it, but like you don't have to be working with a full, full deck of cars to be a stormcast in a lot of cases. So no. I don't know what the discrimination there is for. Um, yeah. It's, it's like that there is a, there are a lot of reasons to be doubtful of the whole thing. And Raynar is like yeah. the most practical character when it comes to that. I think I've ever read. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's, it shows how layered he is. I mean, again, it, it's probably parallel to mm. showing off this whole Shades by thing where, you know, there's different versions of people and, you know, mm. everyone's not as maybe as they seem and, and things like that. So it's no, it's good to actually sort of get a bit of a dose of reality thrown yeah. in here uh, again yeah. at the Stormcast. And, and obviously they're not a big part of this novel. You know, they are, they're obviously mm. our characters in there, but they, you know, compared to other novels, they, they're not as, uh, as to the forefront, which is, you know, which is a good, mm. you know, good yeah. to mix it up in that yeah. sense. Um, oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's very interesting. I, and mm. I think, you know, I think that sort of sums up the novel. It is such a, it's such an interesting <laughs> novel. I know I, I, it's one of those where, it's been fantastic to talk about, but like I said earlier, it's difficult to talk mm. about at the same time, you know, without just sort of just saying the whole story. Because the actual the actual story itself is a bit of a mystery at times, you know. Then obviously that's how it's played out. Like, oh, where's this going? And but mm. if you had to describe it, you could probably sum up the story quite easily. It's actually the the the, the key bit of this novel is the is those details, you know, when mm. you, like I said, how how it all interplays, how the the city is morphing itself. How, what, you know, what is driving Isengrim? What is driving Raynar? Where, mm. where do these characters come in? Uh, you get, and, and almost Raynar seems like a, a bit of a passenger. I know he's, he's pulling his weight, but he's sort of, he's thrown into this environment and he's having to see it. You'll, you'll get, you know, you're obviously seeing it via his eyes. Like you're saying, mm. you're seeing, you know, when he's talking to, is it, uh, Cord? I think his name mm, is, um, the, yeah. the fire slayer. And obviously, you know, they get quite pally with each other. And, you know, Raynar is very anti friends, isn't he? He's like, nope, no nope, yeah. friends. Having friends is a weak thing. You know, again, again, it's all part of his survival instinct. And, and obviously it hints at his, his past, you know, where he's, you know, had issues with friends before. And, but I think the actual description of the place, the description of the characters, how they interlink mm-hmm. provides a fantastic, you know, isolated place, but I think it sums up AOS. I think that's what it, to me, it, why I mm. like this so much. I think it's almost like a little microcosm of AOS. You've got all these factions and people uh, in a in a prison that's been done by Nagash, shock horror, because he's the one that always seems to twist, you know, literally, you know, cause problems. And, you know, you, you're getting to see history, you're getting to see politics, you're getting to mm. see uh you know rivalries you know it's it's just i think in one place and it's just it's like it's almost like the rest of the mortal realms means doesn't mean anything because they mm. are stuck in this prison but they've almost yeah. got their own society in oh, a yeah. bubble and you're mm. getting to see it and how that <laughs> but it, but it to me it sums up the rest of the mortal realms in a way that's oh, why yeah. i think if it feels like a, a microcosm it's it's interesting um mm. do you i mean what's your sort of sort of final thoughts on on this novel mm. I really like it. I like how um, Nagash is a real character in the book, even though he doesn't technically show up at all. Um, incidentally, Nagash is left behind like a piece of his own psyche to guard Shadespire, uh, yep. which isn't physically there, but it keeps showing up. So like, 
And I love the way it shows up subtly, like you'll be look like Reynar will be looking out at the cityscape and occasionally it twists and turns, and then he just blinks and a tower has changed into a statue of Nagash that's three hundred <laughs> yeah. meters tall and it's just staring across the city at him and like what the <laughs> It's terrifying. <laughs> um you know, and he'll show up in shade glass reflections and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I re- again, if you love, like, atmosphere and, and, like, setting, building up the setting, read this book, because it's a really interesting setting, it's super atmospheric, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I love all the little details, like, as soon as you decide to try and go somewhere, Shade Spire starts twisting the streets so that you can't get there, and you have to literally stop five seconds, listen, and figure out which way the street shifted to see if you can get where you're going still, um, which is great, <laughs> um, it's got so many great little details. There are, like we said, a lot of characters, but each of them is distinct and like mm-hmm. each has a little bit behind them, like why they're here or how they interact with certain other characters. They all feel real and meaningful. And like the story's really interesting because like not a lot happens overall. No, it's, no, it's mo- no, you're right. It's like a giant game of hide and seek between Isengrim and Reynar, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. across, across all of Shadespire. At the end, in, like, the last 60 pages, everything goes off, a ton of stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it's like, oh, this is really important. Something really big has re- been revealed. I'm not 100% sure what, but I know it's important, um, <laughs> is the feeling. I And it's, it's got that good, it feels mysterious, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I I echo those thoughts really. I think it was I think it's one of the best AOS novels I've written because I think it's so different to a lot of the others. It's like you said, not much happens, but a lot happens. It's a mm. it's a place where there's always stuff going on, and and like I said, I to me the, all the characters are fantastic, but the best character, like I said earlier, is Shadespire itself. I think I think it's easy for because Shadespire is connected to the Warhammer mm. Underworlds game I think it's easy to overlook it where you think oh it's yeah, just a setting yeah. for a, a little take you know a little board game gateway game mm. to get into AOS mm. whereas actually there's a lot there <laughs> to oh, it yeah. and a lot more than you until you read this novel you don't realize is there so I definitely recommend it if you just want something a bit different from an AOS perspective I definitely recommend to check it out. I just think you'll see so many little nods to things. It's very well written. Only thing I would say is stick with it at times because it get this. When I say there's a lot of repetition, I don't mean that again in, mm. a, in a negative way, but because obviously it's reinforcing the fact of how this place works. You yeah, may, you know, yeah. you, you do get a lot of things drummed into you. You know, at times throughout the different chapters, and I, again, it's deliberate. And so mm. at times, sort of, you've got. It's one of those novels you do have to concentrate as you read it because otherwise you'll sort of, you can easily lose what's going on. You know, something key yeah, will happen. And yeah. It's only a little, you know, like Cameron said on a couple of them, it's only a couple of lines, but that's enough to think, hang on, I missed that. Where did that happen? So, <laughs> you know, do concentrate. If you do read this, do concentrate on it. Whereas some novels mm. you can sort of, you know, you can, you don't yeah. have to concentrate as much. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Josh Reynolds on form, as always. Mm-hmm. As always. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been great to talk about it so mm. um that's been chased by the mirrored city we'll have our last little break and going back to our discussion topic where we're going to talk about some big bad chaos gods back Ooh. soon and we are back and we are going to do our discussion topic time and talk about some chaos gods june right dun, okay dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so right so what we're we going to be talking about yes yeah, so we're going to talk about chaos gods the 
sort of basically the question we sort of asked ourselves is if you had to create a new chaos god you know sort of new main god to join the other ones in 40k what you know what would you Mm. choose basically and why um and i was saying to cameron in the in the break i found this actually a lot harder than i thought Mm. it was when i when we thought of the question you know it's one of those you're like yes next chaos god yeah rub your hands (laughs) and you think and then when you actually sit down to try and think of it i think of all the I think of all the discussion topics that we've done where we've had to create something, like when we've done like new factions and things like that, this one was actually really difficult, I found, actually, and mm. more difficult than I thought it was going to be. So I think you said you've got one. I've I got have literally barely, one, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got barely two, um, and but we've got a lot of listener ones. So yeah. from you guys Discord and Twitter. Us. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so it'll be a bit from us and then a lot from you guys. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so Cameron, tell me about your god. Cool. Uh, so I had a really tough time with this, like you mentioned. Um, mostly because for me, if if it's going to be a big main chaos god, it has to be a very primal emotion, and the mm-hmm. big four basically cover all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You've got rage and anger in corn. You've got like the desire for deceit and trickery in Zinch as well as hope. Zinch and hope is very important. You've got despair and, like, acceptance in Nurgle, and then you have, like, excess and lust and pleasure and all that kind of sensory desires and greed and stuff in Slaanesh. Slaanesh casts a really wide net, incidentally, because, uh, you know, you know how, like, you know, each of the gods is one of the seven deadly sins. No, Slaanesh is all of the seven deadly sins, <laughs> including <laughs> Wrath. Like, Slaanesh, mm-hmm. because Wrath is an excess of rage and violence, which yeah. is why it's Wrath sin. and Rapture. Yeah. Like, and hey, that, that's just a Slaanesh box in that case. Like, Wrath is an yeah. excess of yeah. rage and violence. Corn is rage and violence. But if you, the sin of Wrath itself is the excess of that. So that's a Slaanesh thing. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, Slaanesh covers too much. Uh, I love them. That's why I love them. <laughs> um, but the, the one that's not super well covered by any of the main four for me was fear, which I feel. Yep. There would be a ton of, uh, in yeah. 40k especially. <laughs> it's not a nice place to live. Like Age of Sigma, there are probably a few people who are not afraid every day. In 40k, there are very few people who are not afraid every day, I think. Um, <laughs> and like, it, it's an interesting concept because for me, I feel it would be a good, like, gotcha for what do you mean we didn't know about this chaos god that's always existed? Cause it's the god of fear. It's literally hidden itself away all this time. Like, it's it's not the god of the fearful or something. It is it is the emotional response of fear made manifest in the warp. That's what a chaos god is in 40k. Mm-hmm. So it's being afraid of everything. It, I mean, it's sharing space with the big four. Of course, it's afraid. It's, of course, it's mm-hmm. been hiding this whole time. But like <laughs> with the events of the Cicatrix Maledictum, with the Dark Imperium, with the return of the Chaos Legions, like fear is at an all time high. Which, ironically enough, probably would give the god of fear some more confidence <laughs> to maybe assert itself a little more within the pantheon. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could be interesting. Like, I like the idea of lesser demons, because plague bearers and bloodletters and demonettes and horrors of various ideas are all, like, pretty scary to look at, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I like the idea much the same as Slanesh shouldn't all be about, like, beautiful people and seductive things because lust is also the person who is lusting, not just the thing that is lusted after. Mm -hmm. The god of fear shouldn't be what you're afraid of. It should be your response to being afraid. So, like, I'm imagining, like, thin, scrawny, lesser demons that all cover their faces 
and things like that as they like weeping march forward into battle and I don't know how they would attack. Maybe they have a sonic attack or something. I don't know. They they cry yeah. so loud your eardrums burst on. They're like a greater demon <laughs> that hides itself behind something. Like you know, look at this. Look at this big, scary-looking thing. It's a facade. Like the demon, the actual demon itself is hiding in the shadow of this construct or illusion or whatever. Like I feel mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of room for really interesting stuff in there. Um, I feel. It would also find some more traction, some traction with the more, with the, the Chaos Marine legions that are a little more reticent to actually worship Chaos. Like, Night Lords would love to get involved with demons that work around fear and stuff like that. They might not yes. necessarily be too hyped about pledging themselves to them, again, uh, they're <laughs> Night Lords. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're like, this is a god we can get behind. Like, Iron Warriors, big thing in a siege is if you can cut down enemy morale, like, we can summon a weeping demon inside the enemy fortress. No one can find it. It's hidden itself, but it just cries nonstop, and that saps the enemy's will to fight, and suddenly our siege got so much easier. Like, like if I feel there's a place for it. I feel it's fairly easy to explain away why it hasn't been known about before now. And I mm-hmm. feel like, design-wise, for models and rules, you can do a lot of interesting stuff. Play with leadership more you know, play with minuses to hit or minuses to wound more while within range yep. of the demons. And, like, go go full on, have some really scary stuff in it, but also have some <laughs> stuff that is really scared. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, have the basic demons be these these awful, poor, pitiable things, but that's why they're, they're dangerous, because that's how they make you feel as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's... That. After after two weeks of thinking, that's what I've got. That's the entirety of everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I no, that's very good. I, I I must admit, I did consider one of fear as well. It may, it, like you said, mm. it's an emotion that you sort of associate with all the chaos gods, but at the same time, you know, they're not about necessarily causing mm. fear. They've all they've almost got stronger emotions that yeah, they're more concerned yeah. with. And like you said, it's difficult with some of them. Like you know, when this when you're thinking of some of the bad you know, ones like revenge and mm. all these other sort of emotions or thoughts. And you think, oh, yeah, but that would apply to that god. It would apply to that one. It would be Zinch. Oh, no, that one would be Slanesh. And it's, mm. it is difficult. But no, I think I could see that. And like I said, I like the, how, you know, sort of tailoring it to the Night Lords potentially because, you know, mm. they. I mean, I know they're not a very, they don't really, you know, they have much time for the Chaos Gods as such. And, yeah. You know, more about <laughs> their own depravity and, and slaughter that they do. But yeah, no, I, I get that. And that makes perfect sense. It, like you said, it is a hard one to do. Um, mm, mm. And that's why, you know, like I said, I've done two, but yeah. barely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first one is basically the god of of uh, being naive and you know, naivety mm, and okay. um, doubt. Yeah. And this is actually a play on the Tau as well. Oh. Poor Tau, I've targeted you for this one. Um, <laughs> so I, my thought process with this one is that that this god manifests off the back of what Commander Farsight does, uh, where you know basically he goes off and creates the enclaves and basically mm. you know detaches from the rest of the Tau Empire, and obviously, um, so I'm sort of similar to obviously what Sinesh and and the Eldar, where you know basically Sinesh starts, manif- starts manifesting in the warp because of obviously all the things the Eldar do. Mm. Uh, my sort of thought is, is that this this god, which I've called uh, Have a Show. Which mm-hmm. is basically the reverse of Osha, Osha, Oshova. Oshova uh, is is Commander Farsight's real name for people who don't know. Yeah. And so, if you revert, I've reversed it um, to have a show, which works, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he basically 
he, you know, this god is, like I said, the god of, of being naive because obviously the, the ethereal caste, which is like the ruling caste in the, in the Tao, are basically, you know, they're the ones that have obviously been very pissed off with Commander Farsight sort of going off and doing his own thing. And obviously they're similar to what the Emperor did by sort of suppressing the knowledge of chaos. That's sort of what the ethereal caste basically did with the Tau mm, as well. Yeah. And obviously this god will prey upon that. So, you know, so basically, you know, against the ethereals for, for keeping chaos a secret, basically. Mm. Um, so, you know, so this god is inadvertently created by the will of Farsight plus the ignorance of the of the of the ethereals yeah and yeah you know i think you could sort of have a play where you know again from a, a tabletop point of view they would obviously uh followers of this could be could be tower themselves you could have like a i'm not saying i'm not quite saying chaos tower as such but you could have sort of followers that obviously do well against other tau you know again similar to gray knights against demons you have that sort mm-hmm. of thing where they they can you know, create fear, not fear in the sense of what you were just talking yeah. about, but sort of fear and doubt into, mm. you know, from a battle shock point of, you know, point of view. Um, wait a minute, battle shock, is that the same Morale. with 40k or is that AOS? Morale. Morale, that's it. That's what I was, <laughs> sorry, I've been, I've been, I've had my head in AOS recently. Um, so yeah, it would, you know, and have, you know, some impact on that, you know. So that was my first idea. The second one, not much more to it really. I just thought of a, an anti psycho god, and I don't mean, in the sense yeah. of corn, just hating magic, but actually, I, I called this god the the witch eater, um, which is the bane of psychers, and it'd be called Pythonis, which is a mm-hmm. Pythonis is a Latin play on witch eater, um, if I've done it right. Uh, so it feeds <laughs> off the energy and deaths of psychers. Um, you know, it's fueled by the more the more that psychers die, um, the better this god does really, and also then it puts this god in quite a weird position where it wants the emperor alive, obviously. The emperor is kept alive and obviously mm. connected to the astronomicon by the death of millions of psychers and billions mm. of psychers over the years. So obviously this god, in a weird way, doesn't want to, the emperor to sort of die or mm. you know go away because then in in sense then it loses its power. Um, how it would play into a tabletop, I don't know because I, I don't know how to really connect it as such. It was more of just a more of a law one i was thinking with this one really just sort of a another player mm. but it, it's difficult it is difficult thinking of chaos gods i think uh well i found it like you did as well mm. um so to help us out let's switch to the listener ones and <laughs> 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 um, just help us out do you want to start yeah. with the discord ones discord ones so we'll start it off with smells like zero spirit uh, says Decapito, the god of losing heads. I almost said Despacito. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone to curse when we drop miniature heads every damn time. Yeah, that's relatable. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Greys, a collection of trickster gods who switch your carefully painted army with a bunch of grey plastic. I swear they exist. <laughs> Fair. And, um, well, actually, the god of anti-fun. Even Killjoys need someone to pray to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All very. Uh, I think we can all relate to those. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, next, uh, Red Shadow it says the Omnissiah, Chaos God of Machines and Logic. Turns out all the worshiping the Tech Priest do was creating another God. Who knew? Who could have guessed? <laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Uh, Alan Isenstedt. I'm. I'm sorry, I've butchered that. I know from the Netherlands. Uh, Alan. Mm. 
Thanks, Alan. I'll yeah. call you Alan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, after some brackets, very little close brackets, thought, I'm suggesting the horned rat. As there are billions mm. of planets with humans on it, there have to be billions upon billions of rats gnawing away at the Imperial power lines and toxic waste. Hell, they even survived the end times in Age of Sigma, so I'm pretty sure they're still around. Yeah. <laughs> Give me yeah. Space Skaven already, please. Yes. Exactly. Them. People want it. <laughs> right. Uh, next from is uh, Meph, and he says, My thought on the next ruinous power would be the Chaos God of Fear. Oh, Ooh, there we go. Another, there we go. another fear one. <laughs> uh, the galaxy is rife with terror that would feed the entity constantly. Its name would be synonymous with darkness, horror, and the unknown. Umbra, in quote marks, mm-hmm. as I'll refer to it until a better name comes. <laughs> the cultists of Umbra dwell in pitch black caverns, under hives, or void born craft where they can worship the primordial fear of the void. These conditions often lead to mutations such as ultrasonic hearing, night vision, ghoulish fears, uh, sorry, ghoulish features, clawed climbing hands, and sometimes wings. They relied on terror tactics and psychological warfare. Night lords. Oh, see, he's got yeah, your yeah, yeah. thought process there. <laughs> uh, in addition to hordes of savage sub human cave cultists i like that that's pretty cool i really cool. do again i like, I like some of the things you said yeah mm. uh cool we have drew 64 if i had my way i'd not have any more chaos gods i'd essentially create their antithesis a god of death mm. slash the end similar but different to the yanari worships uh one created by the untold trillions who have died in many moors uh, where the Chaos Gods have ambitions and desires to create chaos to entertain themselves, this god would be the embodiment of the end, just an existential dread creeping in, fueled by the very efforts to stop it. Drew, have you been talking mm. to my therapist? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have one. Can't afford one. Uh, <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Good shout. Um, and the last one from our Discord is Sigmund Frude, and he puts a god of administering or organising created by the bloated imperial <laughs> bureaucracy. Serve it well, and your desires are fulfilled. Serve it poorly, and you'll find yourself possibly literally buried in red tape. <laughs> I could see the <laughs> I could see the army having command abilities that cause opponents to suddenly run out of ammunition or be unable to call in deep strike units. God, that'd be so good. <laughs> that'd be great. I love it. just, just great bureaucracy idea. as a god is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Right, let's uh, finally switch it to uh, Twitter. Millions Do you want of Twitter answers? Yes, yeah, we've um, got a lot of these. Go for it. Uh, local at painter underscore local says the god of silly walks, uh, and <laughs> Andrzej Mazinski replies them the one who puts pineapple on pizza. <laughs> oh, that damn god! I like that god. <laughs> Is my dude. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Uncle Harrowmaster at uh, Nasta's Noctum. Uh, it would be the god of greed and theft. His followers, followers steal relics and icons for his glory. The first legion that falls to him would be the Blood Ravens. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember his name in the paper I wrote it on. Just got stolen by a guy in red power armor. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Like that. <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle V at Valdi2011 says, I think a duality god, two-headed or one head in the front and one in the back, who is all about chance, luck, or risk. But of course, since it's chaos, it's all bad luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I should really like that. There was um, there was a Roman house god that was like that. Uh, it was oh, a, okay. It was a two-headed god with one in the front, one in the back. One would mm. watch who was entering the house, and the other would watch who was leaving the house to oh, try and okay. protect it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
That's quite interesting. And also, it's, it, it's a nice play on Zinch and the Lord mm. of Changes and the, the, well, yeah. uh, Fate Weaver, I'm thinking mm. of as well. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. two heads that, that talk differently as well. So, mm. very cool. Uh, next is Mr. Underscore Sketches at Sketches underscore Mr. <laughs> uh, that was good. He's, he's like Shadespire. Like yeah. He's a mirror image of himself. Uh, Mectensis, the chaos god of corrupted technology, a demon scrap code that has been slowly building like a Trojan horse over millennia, whispering in the ears of every demon engine and every heretic, gaining power with every new contraption, cult, and engine being made. That is very cool. Um, mm-hmm. A patron saint of lubricay and flesh metal. Mectensis, uh, most devout servants are the iron warriors and heretics of the dark mechanicum, both working in sync to give this gesalt uh, being uh, physical life through cursed metallurgy and impure STCs. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I like that. I mean, it's, again, a nice play on, obviously, what we know about the Dark Mechanicum and the Dark Mechanicus. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I like that um, idea. Zinch approves, apparently, as well. <laughs> yes, Zinch on on um, on Twitter, uh, yeah. at Lord of Change 9. <laughs> so there's, there's another eight before him. Uh, uh, I see we quite think fine. alike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Scarlet at Scarlet Kingdom, Pillar of the Community. Hey, thanks for writing mm. into us. Uh, yeah. They say, my fan canon chaos god will be stealing from text to speech and be one of unbelief. <laughs> the concept that rejecting the ruinous powers creates something that is the antithesis of those. The harder that one pushes back against it makes it become stronger. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, like, defiance effectively, I guess. Yeah. 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 Like it. Oh, I'm waiting for the god of uh, atheism to pop up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next is uh, Sombra Mine at Sombra Mine. Uh, I would unite them in a big universal and absolute god of chaos, something very biblical, a Diablo uh, Meto, was it Metophiles? Mephistopheles. Yes, thank you. That one. Uh, <laughs> slash Lucifer, etc. Of the sort that can take human form so it could have different kinds of models as well. Yeah, oh, makes it very open. Mm. It means we can have any model we want ever. Yeah. It's the 3D printer of oh, gods. God. <laughs> when do we get a corn model? Like, just just the corn yeah. sitting on a throne, by yeah. the way, because, man, I would yeah. eat that up. Yes, uh, please. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Octagon, at Octagon, uh, says, Stultus, the god of ignorance. Followers tempted by simple existence, worship in hope of knowing less, and taking technology backwards. Ooh. Mm. Modern societies with large populations starve and suffer disease as they can't cope with feeding and treating people using traditional methods. The power of the god Stultus enables things to be unknown rather than undone. Would be fantastic mm. ways to reclaim worlds and see chaos bottle it battle itself. Could Dark Elder unknow Slanesh? Oh, oh, that's Ooh. interesting. Why like that? Uh, Good thought. Uh, Oh, and then, oh, he's um, back. Guess who's back again? Yeah, yeah Zinch is back. <laughs> At Lord of Change 9. Uh, definitely the god of AI, a soulless, me- uh, a, of soulless me- uh, mechanisms and algorithms born in a combination of a technological singularity. The embodiment of becoming something and harnessing the forces of nature. And then uh, Mescuro, who's a friend of yours, I believe, oh, yeah. sold you a very Kind-friend, nice book recently. A very nice book uh, for a very reasonable price. Uh, shipping acceptance. So <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, he says, the dragon of Mars, question mark. And then Zinch replies, I think of it as new entity, which arises from machines gaining intelligence and consciousness in the process of singular technological and scientific development. Yeah. Ooh, I think a, a robot wrote there. this. 
Yeah, I'll say. Oh, I almost, <laughs> That's uh, a lot almost, of big uh, words. Dislocate, exactly, almost dislocated the jaw then. Good answer, though. Very good. Yeah, yeah, good answer. Uh, the Hobby Hobbit, at The Hobby Hobbit. Lovely name, by the way. Good choice. Uh, a god to represent <laughs> industrialization who's made of an unholy amalgamation of seared flesh, burning coal, and iron that spews toxic pollution in the form of plumes of choking factory ash and smoke. A new god that's been brought into creation due to the increasingly irresponsible pursuits of men and Dwarden trying to usher in a new age of industrial revolution across the middle realms. That's technically Age of Sigma, but hey, squats. Hey, squats do what squats do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> think the worst aspects of pollution and industrialization made real. Kyle V from earlier says, like Fern Gully, the Hobby Hobbit replies with a gift from Fern Gully. So yes, um, <laughs> exactly like Fern I- Gully. <laughs> I love it. I love these ones like industrialization and bureaucracy mm. and things like that. Such like more, things more even... abstract concepts than emotional concepts, yeah. I think, make for really interesting ones as well. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, next is John A. Ladavia. Um, I believe it. John underscore yeah. A underscore Ladavia. Uh, we have anger, lust, deception, and disease. Why not a chaos god of greed? They bespoke bestow blessings on those notoriously greedy and gluttonous with envy and are never satisfied with enough wealth or fame. Mm. And I believe this was you replied. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, I believe that fall, that falls under the purview of Sanesh who represents excess and pleasure in all things, not specifically lust, but I can certainly see a group within the Imperium slash mortal realms getting greedy to the point where a lesser God comes into being. Yes. Mm. Well yeah. said Cameron. It's just, <laughs> just one really big fat, wealthy keeper of secrets out there who's bucking the trend of this beautiful new model uh yeah. i support them still but no uh, <laughs> uh uh darren gaming nerd he him thank you for giving me your pronouns by the way it makes life easier for me uh at lost tone 1980 says there's already another chaos god ready to take his rightful place back ellipses 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 he's called malal yes yes when will the, the god, god of, of chaos against itself come back to us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's going to be the first time it's mentioned as well. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it keeps going. Yes. Uh, as underneath, it's uh, Kek7Go, the queer changer of ways, at Kek7Go, says, what we need is Malal re-canonized. Yeah, there yep, you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Malal is very cool. Great paint scheme. So, yeah, bring him back, please. GW. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Daniel Gilchrist at Wraith Painting says, I feel like you could have a Chaos God born of more positive emotions. I'd like to see something like that as a contrast to the four we have. I guess like the Eldar Laughing God or something weird. Spin the concept of Chaos on its head a little. Mm, yeah, mm. I like that like, idea, uh, actually. Like Mob Psycho Season 1 where there's the cult of laughter. <laughs> the smiling <laughs> cult. Just yeah. be happy, positive. Exactly. It's, because ultimately, the, the Chaos Gods have their great game where they're always at each other's throats, you know, mm. figuratively. So, you know, like, just, yeah, do it. Like, yeah, just, yeah. you know, have one that just annoys them just by being happy or positive. You know, the yeah, high yeah. five god. Uh, just goes around doing big high fives with everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. Right next is uh, Blitzkrieg Inquisitor. Nice. At Inquisitor Hell. And they say, Zalgo the Destroyer of the Ruinous Powers. So no further explanation needed. No, that's good. No, no, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, that'd be pretty cool. Um, Flint at Northmar sixty eight million seventy four thousand three hundred five <laughs> um, <laughs> says. Sorry, I, had, I saw a big string of numbers. I had to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I would create Grimlock, the Chaos God of Fear. With the horrors of the mm. 40k universe, would eventually manifest into a Chaos God. I'm actually amazed it hasn't happened already, since the Night Lords would probably become his legion. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We are, we're all in That's agreement a here. <laughs> common theme happening there. Yeah. Uh, next is Rem Slav Zar at Slav... Uh, what's that? Oh, 40, 44 million, 899,059. Uh, I think the next god in 40k <laughs> to appear will come alongside an Eldar deity, considering that each of Chaos Big Four has its counterpart in Eldar Big Four only. Uh, four Nurgle got, ne- uh, got Isha, Zinch got, uh, how's never pronounced that one? Sergarak, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Korn got Kane and Sanesh got David Bow. Yin- <laughs> 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 I like that. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. And Adrian, Gay Sauna, the board game at Gay Sauna TVG says, uh, the, the dice god? And <laughs> Flint at Northmus 68,074,305 replies, I think that's Zinch. Which, yeah, no, yes. Zinch is the one who curses our delicious little plastic cubes. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing answers there. I like it. I think it, it just shows when you ask quite a, you know, quite a broad question like that, the, mm. the level of things that you get. Cause obviously, you know, as we were saying right at the start of this section, we were saying, oh, we're struggling with talking about emotion, mm. but it's been great that people have obviously put in some funny ones and, and some people have put in some obviously ones that, that are train of thought like um god of fear mm. night lords and things like that but what i think is great is these very obscure ones like you said industrialization and bureaucracy and things like that i think that's fantastic that's such a mm. good you know mm. good way of looking at it that i wouldn't even thought of no yes well done all <sighs> you're so much yes, smarter well, than me <laughs> yeah yeah we're the dumb ones unfortunately but yeah, uh, it happens you know exactly <laughs> Why give these guys a microphone? God yeah, damn it. Uh, uh. <laughs> if any of you want but, to take over my position on the show, I'm auctioning it off to the highest bidder. Uh, starts at one can of paint. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Has uh, to be Agrax so shade, but has to be a full <laughs> one liter can at minimum. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I've got, <laughs> I've uh, got new people on board. Right. Okay. Mm, That's fine. Mm, okay. Totally. I can live with that. (laughs) No, don't go. Don't go, Cameron. Don't go. Fine, I'll stick around. Yeah, I need you. I I don't think people just want to hear me all the time. It'd be be Uh, weird. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Right. Okay. Uh, I think that's the end of this show. That's sad. Mm. Thank you very much for listening. Um, So, Cameron, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. I am tweeting mostly about stress. Anxiety, and uh, I mean, at some point in the next week, I'm probably going to beat the final boss in Sekiro, so I'll probably be tweeting <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, come, uh, come check me out. There will be cat photos I'll be carrying for my partner's cat over the next week because she's going away for a week. So there will be kitten photos. Come, come see the Aww. kittens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yourself, Matthew. Uh, you can find me also on that Twitter.com at ninjabadger seven. Uh, I need to put my holiday photos up there uh, mm. when I was away last mm. week of beaches and all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, so, yeah, come check it out. Um, and again, with social media, we're mainly on Twitter as well, at Realm and Ruin, where mm. that's probably where we spend most of our time. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, like I said earlier, I think the plan for next episode mm. is to cover Vigilus Ablaze because 
well, it makes sense to because we had so much fun with the Vigilist the first time. So we'll go back to it. Uh, like I said, hope you've enjoyed it and we'll check you on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.